I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert. Attention. Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Oh my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone boy and Phoenix. I don't know, phone boy. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You're talking peak no agenda right there, everybody. That's true. It is true. We don't know shit about fuck. But we know this is episode 60 of The Lotus Effect, the show where the content's made up and the uh, show doesn't matter or show's made up and the content doesn't matter. Either way, we're irrelevant. And I'm Phoenix. Let me start this off by clearly stating that I'm better than everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why I'm still phone boy, but guess I am. So we finally <laughs> met the man whose shit doesn't stink. Yeah! And if you haven't figured it out by now, we're just flying by the seat of our pants here, folks. And, you know, we're just, a, you know, we're just, a, you know, two, uh, two tards. We're just uh, a low-budget yeah. podcast. Yeah, a low-budget podcast, two, two, two tards trying to live a kick-ass life. Yeah. And, uh, and we're yeah. doing a pretty damn fine job of it, I may say. Yeah, and uh, we're yeah we're doing all right here. Um, and so uh, yeah, welcome to episode sixty. Uh, yeah, the um... and what we were talking about in the uh, pre-show, in between, and in the chat was that uh, yeah we're not really holiday people. We're kind of boycotting the whole you know shit show, if you will. So today we're going to follow along with the narrative that we've been up to since Thanksgiving, where we destroyed the real story of Thanksgiving. Today we're going to tell y'all about this wonderful little Christmas tradition that you might not be familiar with. It's the lore of Krampus. And then in the second half, we'll talk about how we got to the modern day Santa Claus that we all know and love or hate and various components of that yeah Uh, i know one of the traditions was uh, i don't know pouring one out for krampus that's right offering up a a little uh spirit for krampus so we have poured one out for the king of crap that's right the king of crap and uh we're gonna take a shot and uh get into this that's right Mm. oh yeah there you go a little uh, hot little cherry schnapps yeah Ooh, that's delicious yeah, I've never had that good. before, and I'm not sorry I did. Yeah. I uh, want to put a thank you out to my mom, who I know is listening, because she bought that bottle of schnapps. If need be, I will replace it, Mom. Hell yeah. Because mm. that's actually pretty damn tasty, if I do say yeah. so. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just part of the value that we're offered here at, uh, yeah. almost said bowl after bowl, <laughs> <laughs> at the Lotus Effect. Yeah. So we have some donations and some boosts that we received yes we did uh so we got um, well yeah i get a get a uh got a donation from mama t for five bucks oh thank you mama t yeah, thank you mama t we and, and we'll tell we'll tell we, we got a story about mama t and your mama uh yes we do yeah from uh, uh when we get to the toast and jam segment and then mm-hmm. sharky's uh, monthly donation came in at seven dollars and 66 cents we appreciate your uh, uh we appreciate your support sharky we truly do it means a lot to us yeah and uh yeah then and then and then my uh then, then my partner in crime here loves to splash the walls of the of the uh 
of the uh, that's right yeah, I do splash walls with Satoshis and so we and, and so and we usually and, and so yes we are we are uh, uh, nude podcasters and we and we and we but not Except today. For today because I literally I decided okay I'm gonna brave the third floor and do some nude podcasting took off my shirt and literally busted the deck door because my nipples immediately went bing shatter yeah so yeah we're not doing that um so yeah it's it's and, and the heater's having enough trouble keeping things warm in here um it is we've even turned the oven on and opened it for a little yeah. while downstairs to try to warm it up yeah you know mother nature needs to literally she needs to get back she needs on her to get meds get back on her meds whoever took her meds shame on you you get coal for christmas and give them back because i did not move to the south and neither did phone boy to freeze our respective asses yes off. It, it, yeah i mean i've never okay the last time i experienced anywhere near these temperatures was living in spokane washington oh you mean so last year <laughs> no i didn't live in spokane washington no but you did live in washington yeah it's true but uh, yeah, I never got to minus four, and I and uh, yeah, of course I had to experience my first negative, uh, ne- you know, negative zero Fahrenheit temps in uh, yeah here, which is the least okay, the place you've last. I don't ever remember it being this cold, no matter in the Northeast or down here. Yeah. Just fairness. So yeah, this is extreme. Yeah, this is pretty extreme. So, but you know what else it is? A new live son of a bitch and ten thousand sats splashed this on the walls by Phoenix. This is a new live proclaimed. son of a bitch. That's, That's right. That's right. Yeah, you also compl- you also did in the next in the next boost. You said uh, the internet is for porn for thirty three thirty three sats. Yes, it is. This and that that would, I think that was a song request. I don't remember if I played some of these song requests. I didn't. I don't re- remember playing. So of course last week, I don't know who knows. So, we don't want to talk about what happened last. No, week. No, we don't. Um, so Buster Poindexter, hot, hot, hot again. Another. I wish another it was song. hot, hot. Hot. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunately it's cold, cold, cold. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, uh, love me like you do, Ely Golding, I think, or Golding, or yeah, yes. yeah, that's what that's who that is. That's one of your song requests. Pass the Dutchie because I'm high AF. Yeah, we, uh, we tr- yeah we didn't have time to get high AF before this, but we're gonna get high AF afterwards for sure. Sure uh, will. So now the only now uh, Phoenix was not the only person to do a boostogram. Uh, we also got some boostograms from Weirdo. Uh, we in the studio, and he actually sent two tracks: one three eleven Amber and Megadeth Holy Wars, the Punishment Due. Okay, the, for three hundred thirty three sats each. You know, got to do that. Um, we played, uh, yeah, uh, Hot Child in the City for thirty three thirty three sats. Uh, also, now Dame Boosty Steed. We love Dame Boosty Steed. Um, you know, Arctic Monkeys, Brick by Brick Music Request, Jefferson Starship Miracles, a real gem. Yeah, I think I played that in the. In you the studio. did, and and I was dancing along. Yeah, and uh, the last couple sat, a couple boosts are from you. Ten thousand sats apiece. Uh, fuck Christmas, let's party. And that was right. I think that was right around the time that uh, that uh, we ended up canceling holidays. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in the in the. Yes, post- it was. Yeah, Toast and jam, and then then uh, your last boostogram was ho ho holy fuck it's cold yeah so it's been yes. uh, yeah uh, I, th- I think I, I think I said if my if my feet had balls they'd be frozen off that is correct that that was a statement actually made and I think you might have been experiencing a higher consciousness at which time you said that yeah uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that's any, right any, any such higher consciousness but, but you know if you want to get in on this boostogram party we got going on over here if your podcast app does not allow you to splash the walls then uh, get a new podcast app go to newpodcastapps.com and when it warms up go to nudepodcastapps.com and you too can enjoy part of the party of boostograms and you know what the podfather said yeah he says something along the lines of if i can find this uh, clip here ah 
I can't. See, I love fucking phone boy up. I know that when he's not expecting me to want him to have a drop on hand, when I do that, it completely makes his brain lock up. So, you know, in the, in the spirit of Christmas, everybody take balls. a shot. Breaking the, the balls. balls. That's right, I am. Yeah, that's and that's what she does. Um, yeah, apparently I don't have I don't have that. I, I know it's, I, I, it's funny because I know I have it. There we go. Boost me, bitch. There it is. There it is. Yeah, and uh, just you can send us your you can send us your your time, your talent, your treasure. Um, you know there there are links on the front of the Lotus Effect show to do that. Uh, but just make sure we don't want your shit. Please, Please don't send us your shit. shit. Um, That's so, right. So yeah, we have so our uh, refire topic this week for the voicemail. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Um, and I think after your post last night, everybody can pretty much figure out what Phoenix's favorite Christmas movie is because she just couldn't have it start the Christmas season without uh, Hans Gruber falling off the 32nd floor of Nakatomi Towers. That's right. That's because there's two types of people, those who think Die Hard is a Christmas movie and those who are wrong. That's right. And and, and, and we believe in this house that Die Hard's a Christmas movie. So, That's right. Uh, it, was, it was made during Christmas. It's just, it is a Christmas factors into the story. So it is a Christmas movie. Yes, uh, so and if, if you don't think otherwise well uh, uh you know I, i've you know basically uh you know i mean seriously like this is what this is what i think yeah anyway. appropriate yeah quite appropriate um so um but anyway um but yeah so we got this great refire topic this week we want to know what your favorite christmas movie is so call 253-237-3321 and tell us about it one ringy dingy too ringy dingy. Yeah, um, yeah, and Ernestine isn't standing by. But no, but Google Transcript is, and let me tell you, it uh, will mangle your transcript, uh, and you could become a show title. Yes, you could become you could become a show title. And then, in fact, we've I know we've got some voicemails queued up. We'll play them uh, when we get to the uh, to that area to, of the to that, show. Get that area of the show, and uh, yeah, I think this. So this first part um, is uh, your story because it I, because it is for you because well, not about me. I mean, I know I'm kind of hideous, but shit, phone boy, Jesus, you got to say something like that so close to christmas to a girl how rude yeah well you know and i gotta be careful because she got the pussy that is correct and you've spent more than a couple of nights in the convent recently <laughs> yeah exactly um so anyway but no but i think more important but this uh, uh this story relates to um you know some of your own history i guess or at least it your, does your, your because heritage. my family on my father's side comes from poland and it is a story that my grandmother had told me when I was young. Of course, she was an evil bitch. May she rest in hell. And I don't know if she told it to me to scare the hell out of me or to be evil. Like, I don't know what her purpose was. All I know is she told me the story and I found it interesting and thought it would be a really great story to share with the pedal heads, especially at this time of of year. All right. Well, I'm going to let you um, let's say I'm going to let you start with this, and of course we then and you know we'll get to the second half. We'll do we'll we'll talk about a little bit more modern stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I had never I'd never even heard of Krampus before. Uh, so when uh, we were putting this together, it was like okay, well this is this is all news to me, and it is a like I said, it's actually it's a it is, you know it's it's much it's much it's like many stories. It it has it probably has uh, some you know some truth to it, and possibly uh, you know some. Uh, some some bullshit to it but uh you know but these are these then are the it's gonna fit right into our show bullshit yeah exactly because you know <clears throat> bullshit yeah we, that's right it's, it's the most uh abundant topic <laughs> that we cover on that, this show that's right well all right i'm gonna let you uh i'll let you get this thing started all righty so krampus is thought to come from either bavarian 
Krampen, meaning dead rotten, or from the German term Kramp, or Krampen, which means claw. Now, Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic anthropomorphic, excuse me, figure in Central and Eastern Alpine folklore who, during the Christmas season, scares children who've misbehaved. Now, he's said to assist St. Nick, or Santa Claus, in visiting children on the night of December 5th, with St. Nick rewarding the well-behaved kids with modest gifts like oranges and dried fruits, walnuts and chocolate, and then the ones who were bad, well, they got punishment from Krampus with birch rods. The original figure is un- the origin of the figure is unclear. Some folklorists and anthropologists have postulated it having a pre-Christian origin. And in traditional parades and such events as Krampusstuff, which is the Krampus run, young men participate dressed as Krampus and attempt to scare the audience with their antics. Such events occur annually in most Alpine towns, and Krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards called Krampuskarten. Now, the history of Krampus figures has been theorized as stretching back to pre-Christian Alpine traditions, with celebrations involving Krampus dating back to the 6th or 7th century, and though there aren't any written sources before the end of the 16th century, discussing his observations in 1975 while in Erdning, a small town in Strelia, anthropomologist John Hungeman wrote that the St. Nick Festival described includes cultural elements widely distributed in Europe, and in some cases going back to pre-Christian times. St. Nick himself became popular in Germany around the 11th century. The feast dedicated to this patron of children is only one winter occasion in which children are the objects of special attention, others being Martiman, or Martimus, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, and New Year's Day. Masked devils acting boisterously and making nuisances of themselves are known in Germany since at least the 16th century, while animal-masked devils combining dreadful comic... Sh- oh, my goodness... Schurigslog, I knew I was going to mispronounce that, antics appeared in medieval church plays. A large literature, much of it by European folklorists, bears on the subject. Austrians in the community we studied are quite aware of heathen elements being blended with Christian elements in the St. Nick customs and in other traditional winter ceremonies. They believe Krampus derived from a pagan supernatural who was assimilated to the Christian devil. Now that makes a lot of sense because I've seen a lot of depictions of Krampus and it does remind me a lot of what the you know, Judeo Christians believe the devil to look like. Yeah, and I would I would say it even like in tarot, like the devil card in the tarot. Kind of yeah, thing. that's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think a lot of these archetype characters appear throughout you know human history, right? And yeah, like they're they're all rather similar. Yeah, exactly. And the, the, yeah, they just kind of yeah, it's like they you know look hideous or whatever. But um, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so. Yeah, this is uh, yeah. So and yeah, and I think it's uh, yeah. It's funny that this house somehow has a uh, his is related to Christmas, but uh, I will let you continue. Right. So the Krampus figures persisted, and by the 17th century, Krampus had been incorporated into Christian winter celebrations by pairing him with Santa Claus. 
Now, a, a little modern history about the Krampus. In the aftermath of the 1932 election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited by the Dolphus regime under the clerical fascist Fatherland's Front. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that German word. No. So, it was the Fatherland's Front and the Christian Society Party that wanted done away with the Krampus tradition. And in the 1950s, the government distributed pamphlets titled Krampus is an Evil Man. And toward the end of the century, a popular resurgence of Krampus celebrations had occurred, and they still continue today. Now, the tradition is being revived in Bavaria as well, along with a local artistic tradition of hand-carved wooden masks. In 2019, there were reports of drunken and disorderly conduct by masked Krampuses in Austrian towns. You know, because there's always got to be some dickhead that spoils it for people. Well, yeah, or people just, yeah, people just using, uh, using Krampus as an excuse for their own uh, stupid behavior. And, you know, well, right. it's, it's much like when your team wins the Stanley Cup and you burn the fucking city down. Like, yeah, that's intelligent. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, it's, it's like our Vol fans when we beat Alabama throwing the goalposts in the river and, you know, getting us a nice hefty fine from the SEC. You know, thanks, assholes. You guys are brilliant. Woo, we won. Let's wreck shit. Gotta yeah, be men. I, yeah, well. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I know. Well, there's anyway. there's dumb fans of every team that do that. Uh, there really know. are. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, uh, yeah, and it's there. Apparently, there. Uh, according to Billy Bones, there's a movie about. There Krampus. is. Yeah. I've seen the movie, and it's actually kind of neat. I mean, I'm a horror film fan anyway, yeah. so a slasher film at Christmas is like a wet, you know, Christmas <laughs> dream for me. It incorporates two things, you know, that I can get behind: horror movie. And fucking up Christmas, but anyway, that's just me. Yeah, we'll and we'll fuck up the Christmas, fuck up Christmas music in the in the after party. Yes, so. we will. We're gonna have a great time doing that. Yeah. Okay. Now, although Krampus appears in many variations, most of them share a common physical characteristics: hairy, brown or black, cloven hooves, and horns of a goat. Now, he also has this long pointed tongue that just lolls out, and he's got fangs. I'm I'm not like attracted to horror characters. But I'd do him. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, right? I'm just kidding. So Krampus carries chains, and it's thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. Typical, the church trying to get their dick in something else. Ugh. Anyways, he thrashes the, tra- the chains for dramatic effect, and they're sometimes accompanied with bells of various sizes. So definitely, if you're hearing some train, yeah, some train, some chain dragging bell ringing you in trouble yeah i guess so uh so um okay where 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 are we here <laughs> well of the of the more pagan origins is the root which is a bundle of birch branches that krampus carries and he swats children with them and i can tell you i've been swatted with a green branch because yeah i used to get my ass whipped a lot as a kid because i was a bad seed gee who knew that and i can tell you man that shit hurts i'm just saying man that's how you know you fucked up that's the truth you know and sometimes in all honesty as you know i uh yeah i didn't even have to fuck up to 
to get my ass whooped, but we're not going there today. No, we're not. This, this, is, we're, we're, we're having, this is a happy show today. Let's, that's let's, right. Let's we're having it. a great time. That's right. We're having a great goddamn time. And you All know, right. the root may have had significance in pre-Christian pagan initiation rites, which makes a lot of sense. Now, the birch branches are replaced with a whip in some representations, which is really apropos. And sometimes Krampus appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back. And this is thought to cart off, you know, to be used to cart off the evil children for drowning, eating, or transporting to hell. Now, that's the way the story was told to me, is that Krampus will kidnap you into a sack and take you away. That's the story as it was told to me. And some older versions make mention of naughty children being put in a bag and taken away. And the quality can be found in other companions of St. Nick, such as Zwarte Piet. Uh, yeah. Hang on. <laughs> I caught foam boy with his, uh, with his glass up. Yeah, well. And his pants I was, I down, ma- apparently. I was, I, was ma- I was making sure Krampus got his offering. Here. Oh, I see. You were, you were using... My, my story is a backdrop. I got you. Gotcha, yeah. Excuses, yeah. excuses. Yeah, exactly. So, Kampischnacht, which is the Feast of St. Nick, is celebrated in parts of Europe on the 6th of December. On the preceding evening of December 5th, Krampus Night, or Kampischnacht, the hairy, wicked devil, appears on the streets. And sometimes he's accompanying Santa, and sometimes he's on his own. And he visits, he visits, there you go, he visits the houses and businesses. And St. Nick usually appears in the Eastern Rite vestments of a bishop, and he carries a golden ceremonial staff. Now, unlike the North American versions of Santa, in these celebrations, St. Nick concerns himself only with the good children, while Krampus is responsible for the bad. And St. Nick dispenses gifts while Krampus supplies coal and the root. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, it's uh, using fear to control children. It seems like that's uh, this has been a sounds a, familiar, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it sounds familiar. That's right. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, especially when you start ta- especially when you start uh, you know entwining with Catholicism, right? Yeah. Well, you know, Catholicism is based about Christian beliefs, so it yeah. kind of ties in. Yeah, and it's uh, the the Christian church, or the, or the the Catholic Church seems to be masters of fear. You know, that being, that's their whole shtick is yeah, is making you believe that if you don't follow all of their rules, that yeah. you're going to go to this place of fire and brimstone and burn for eternity. But apparently, their priests think they're exempt from that because you know, I, I I'm pretty sure that the eleventh commandment is no fucking children. Well, you know, I mean that's true. Yeah. That, anyway, yeah. The, I'm curious that that's not well. Yeah, thou. Sh- I mean, thou should not commit adultery. I mean, seriously, like you know. Well, yeah, I guess you could look at it like that because priests. The whole reason they have the wedding ban is because they are supposedly married to God. That's the way it works yeah, for so, the nuns I mean, as well. So, so they're they're committing it. They're, they're by by doing that. They're they're they are violating one of the cardinal. You know, one of the ten commandments of. You know, but yeah, I mean, I think it really should be like the two commandments because basically don't steal people's shit and don't, uh, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't kill anybody. Right. Well, Pretty much. Well, I mean, three, Carlin yeah, had it right. Yeah don't, but... yeah, don't, yeah. Don't fuck somebody else's spouse either. You know, there's, I guess there's three, the three commandments. Right? Phone boy. Yeah. You're jumping shows. I'm jumping shows. <laughs> think about that statement. We, we need to drag back to Krampus over here. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> now, uh, Pertenschloff is a seasonal play that spreads throughout the Alpine regions, and it was known as 
Nicholas play. That's the English. Now, inspired by Paradise Plays, which focused on Adam and Eve's encounter with a tempter, the Nicholas Plays featured competition for the human soul and played on the question of morality. In these plays, St. Nick would reward children for scholarly efforts rather than for good behavior. And this is a theme that grew in the Alpine regions where the Roman Catholic Church had significant influence. Now, there were already established pagan traditions in the Alpine regions that became intertwined with Catholicism, and people would masquerade as a devilish figure known as Perst, a two-legged humanoid goat with a giraffe-like neck, wearing animal furs. People wore costumes and marched in processions known as Perstenlaufen, which are regarded as an earlier form of the Krampus runs. Perstenlaufen were looked at with suspicion by the Catholic Church and banned by some civil authorities. Now, due to the sparse population and rugged environments within the Alpine region, the ban was not effective or easily enforced, rendering the ban useless. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, you know. Exactly. COVID-1984, anyone? Yeah. So eventually, the Perstenloff, inspired by the Nicholas plays, introduced St. Nick and his set of good morals. The Perst formed into what what is now known as the Krampus and was made to be subjected to St. Nicholas's will. Yeah. Um, so I think there, I, geez. Yeah. Uh, I'm there. It, it's just, it's kind of, you start going through this stuff and you realize oh, that we've been doing this so many times, haven't we? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, you have, you have Krampusloff, which is a customary offering of Krampus, of a Krampus, some schnapps. Which is a strong distilled fruit brandy, which is why we have our schnapps here for our offering to Krampus. That's right. Because we don't want that mean motherfucker coming to our house because we're having a great time and we don't want it interrupted by some hooved freak. No, we don't. And uh, yeah, that that is a that's some good stuff right there. (laughs) Yes, it is. Mm. So these runs include Purston a similarly wild pagan spirit of Germanic folklore and sometimes female in representation. Although the Pershton are properly associated with the period between winter solstice and the 6th of January. Yeah. So for those who don't know, the winter solstice is December 21st. Uh, interesting. I saw the 6th of January there and I'm like, uh, insurrection, anyone? Oh, actually, sorry. We're going to break the fourth wall for a second here. Because we're going on vacation. Our vacation day starts on the 6th of January. It does. And our original anniversary, as we had stated it, was the winter solstice. How totally kismet is that? Yeah, I yeah. guess we have more in common with accomplished uh, love than we thought. There we go. Yeah. So, no, I was going to say that, I mean, uh, yeah, apparently, what have they been? And, and they've been, um, yeah, they've been, uh, um, you know, Europeans have been doing, uh, apparently been exchanging greeting cards featuring Krampus since, uh, you know, the 19th century. And um, sometimes introduced with uh, a Krampus, which is greetings from Krampus. The cards usually have humorous rhymes and poems. It kind of sounds familiar. Krampus is often featured looming menacingly over children. He's also known as having one human foot and one cloven hoof. And in some shown, Kramp- not known, or shown, shown, not known. Okay, yeah. 
I, I blame uh, I, 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 you. You blame the brandy. I blame the brandy. Or well, the schnapps. I, I blame the schnapps. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that would yeah. and that would be that would be an appropriate that would be an appropriate title. Uh, I blame the schnapps. Yeah. Well, we did have I blame the wine for like episode three of this shit show. So exactly. that would be on it, brand. Yeah. It, it, it by the way happened at the same time too. Um, so well, it's uh, interesting. You know, Krampus has sexual overtones. He's mm-hmm. pictured pursuing buxom women. And Hey-o. over time, his representation in the cards has changed. Older versions have a more frightening one, while the modern ones have a cuter, more Cupid-like creature. And he's also adorned some postcards and candy containers. Can you imagine getting a box of Krampus? Bo- that's, a bo- that's a show title. A box of Krampus, yeah. Huh? There's lots of things, yeah. But I think, uh, you know, we, of course, we, of course, we've also uh, with our, yeah, we also called this your Krampusing my style. I think that's what we have. Yeah, the provisional show title was um, yeah. your Krampusing my style. Yeah. So uh, Krampus appears in the folklore of Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, and the Czech Republic, Hungary, northern northern Italy, uh, the autonomous province of Trento, and South Tyrol, Slovakia, and Slovenia. Um, in Syria, the root is represented by Krampus to families, and the twigs are painted gold and displayed year-round in the house, a reminder to any child who has temporarily forgotten Krampus. In smaller, more isolated villages, the figure has other beastly companions, such as the, the antlered Windman figures, and St. Nicholas is nowhere to be found. Uh, these these uh, Styrian uh, companions of Krampus are called uh, Schlabman or, 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 or Rahuin. I don't know, I'm sure I'm sure I screwed that up. Even though I've got as much, I've I have some Ger- German heritage. I don't know that I can speak it very well. Um, it's a really interesting language. I've always wanted to learn it, but yeah, there's a lot to that, and yeah. I don't know if I could actually devote enough time to learn it properly. Yeah. But, you know, there's a toned-down version of Krampus that's part of popular Christmas markets in Austrian urban centers like Salzburg. And in these more tourist-friendly interpretations, Krampus is more humorous than fearsome, which makes a lot of sense if you know anything about tourism. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you, want, yeah, you want to have things to be happy as opposed to be sad, I guess. Um, well, you don't want to scare the hell out of the kids when they're visiting your country. Yeah, well. It's kind of bad for tourism, I'm just saying. Yeah, but it seems uh, it seems much more uh, <laughs> I don't know much more interesting to uh, you know I don't know it can, it's like not everything's always happy you know I don't know but I guess well, but, I, but that, I guess but I guess but I guess that doesn't bring people uh, in, you know that doesn't bring tourists in right so no and it also gives me you know reminders of the you know participation trophy because everyone's special yeah every yeah everyone hug and share secret yeah mm-hmm. I, know, I, I don't yeah so I feel bad for those kids when they become adults and the world goes uh yeah not everybody gets a participation trophy and uh, guess what you suck yeah so unfortunately I think my kids are gonna find that out the hard mm-hmm. way so anyway. yeah there's similar figures are recorded in neighboring areas you know strobart and Bavaria uh cloth uh in Austria and Bavaria and while Bartle or Bartel Nigla Bartel and Wubartel are used in the southern part of the country. And other names include Barrel of Bartholomus in Styria, Schmulzli in German-speaking Switzerland, Pupil or Huopupil in Wurzburg, Zembel, Seb, Peltzmarte, yeah. and Peltzmartel in Swabia and Forconia. And in many parts of Slovenia, whose culture was greatly affected by the Austrian culture, Krampus is called Parchi and one and is one of the companions of Martelvov, the Slavonian form of Saint Nick. 
And uh, yeah, there's just lots of, and, and yeah, I mean, yeah, and in many parts of Croatia, Krampus is described as a devil wearing a cloth sack around his waist and chains around his neck, ankles, and wrists. As part of a tradition, when a child receives a gift from St. Nicholas, he is given a golden branch to represent his good deeds throughout the year. However, if the child has misbehaved, Krampus will take the gifts for himself and leave only a silver branch to represent the child's bad acts. You know what's funny about that? I'd be happy to receive a silver branch anyway, as long as you weren't whooping my ass with it. Yeah, Gold and silver are quite lovely. Yeah. Well, if you, if you want me to whip your ass with it, that, that's, that's the after, after, after show. Damn you, phone boy. Yeah, I know. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me is, uh, well, I think maybe... You've been be- infected by Rev Cybertrucker's cavalcade of stupidity, haven't you? I have. It's seeped into your brain. All right, we're going to... Yeah, so we're going to play this sh- shit. We, we, we just got it, so uh, we're going to play it. That's right. Heidi ho pedalheads. This is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker with this week's cavalcade of stupidity. All right, I know what you're thinking. He's already done two of these things. He can't possibly have a third. So we've trudged our way through 2000's It's a Fanboy Christmas, slogged through 2007's It's a Fanboy Christmas 2, The Wrath of Claws, and now the great Luke Ski has a little bit of help with the likes of Carrie Dalby, Chris Mezzalesta of Power Salad, Shoebox of Warm Quartet, Devo Spice, Insane Ian, and his wife, Sarah Trice. And so here it is, released in 2010. It's a Fanboy Christmas 3. Me! It means it's time for It's a Fanboy Christmas 3, Return of the Magi! It's a fanboy Christmas, the third part of the carol, and now we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Insert a joke about Legolas as one of Santa's elves. At this point, we're just doing this to entertain ourselves. Hi-ho, everyone! And now, Jim Henson and J.K. Rowling present Harry Potter's Jug Band Christmas! Yay! What awkward teens we are! In training to be wizards, running from Voldemort, he might tear out our gizzards. Who wants the mess of Hagrid's barbecue? Against the dark arts, we'll defend. The Monica Dovra. There's a hole in the bottom of the Horcrux. Will this pubescent moon end? What do you think of the magicians? I wish they'd all disappear. <laughs> wizard. Harry, why is he so green? Cause he's a lizard. Actually, he's a frog. Oh, well, thank you, Hermione. Take this, you Potter puppet pal. Neo's my name, had hacker fame, met Agent Smith, what's the Matrix, found Trinity, she's into me, here take this pill, soon I felt ill, real life is hell, I'm Duracell, war with machines, digital dreams, I'm feeling dread, plug in my head, now what to do, I know Kung Fu, Oracle Fun, says I'm the one, feel like a goon, there is no spoon, Cypher's a prick, he played a trick, Morpheus gone, let's get it on, I can do the limbo dodge, Bullets, birth of Jesus Christ for hacker zealots. I'm Superman, sequel's the plan. Wish me good luck, hope they don't suck. I save the day, I am not gay. No way, yes way, dude. All right, y'all. 
And so uh, we will play the full version of that. Of course we will. In the after party. In the after party. Yeah. So uh, we've got stuff. Okay. So we got a lot of voicemails to play. Y'all did... uh, um, Y'all did a sound off on our topic today. And we thank uh, you for that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we're going to. Uh, so, yeah, we'll play your voicemails here after we go through our, our little toast and jam segment. And uh, uh, do you have any tales from Rideshare this week? I actually don't because I took Monday off and then I hustled ass Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and took Friday off for obvious reasons because the weather that came in was just shit, yeah. shit, it's, shit. It's actually, so it's, it's kind of, we should kind of, just, so for, okay, so for the pedal heads, you know, that made, the newer pedal heads, right? So we, um, yeah, we're, so where we live, it's, it's weird. We live in one of the, one of the three counties in Eastern Tennessee that's in the central time zone, number one, but it's over a mountain. Yeah. It's right? called the plateau. Yeah, we're up on the, pl- and we're up on the plateau. So it's a, a, the Cumberland plateau. And so it's beautiful, but beautiful. It's beautiful. 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 It is beautiful, but it is but fucking cold because it's about probably five or ten degrees colder than where I used to live in the eastern part of Tennessee. And subsequently, due to that, we ended up with about an inch of snow where the place where my mom lives. Yeah, they didn't get anything. Yeah, and uh, they're, well, also they're about ten degrees warmer than we are, which right. Yeah, so yeah, it, it, it uh, the the coldest it got here. Well, depending on what, yeah, I think I think it got to minus four, which is uh, yeah, Fahrenheit easily, which is uh, yeah twenty Celsius for or minus twenty Celsius for the Europeans in the audience, um, or or the Canadians in the audience, even though even well, that, whoever yeah. uses Celsius, which, that's which, how which cold is, it was. which is yeah, it's fucking cold is what it really comes down. That's to. right. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean we got and, and since we're since we're talking about that, yeah, it's yeah. It's, so cold that there are uh yeah there's frost on the outside of our uh or, or you know on the outside of our sliding wind uh, sliding doors uh there there was ice on did the, you say outside or inside in the on the inside yeah the that's inside. what i thought you yeah that's, what I, that's what I meant to say even if yeah, i didn't say it's it. on the inside of these damn doors as well as we got yeah. this stuff called what alien tape or something yeah that like i put that? it that i put around the uh, yeah the, it's, it's to help seal drafts so it's you know it sticks to the door and blah 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 yeah there was frost on that too y'all it's way Way too cold. Yeah, the, yeah. The heaters aren't keeping up with uh, with. No, with the we temps. we have our temp set to seventy three usually for the winter time in our house, and I haven't seen other than when I turn the oven on and put the door open to try to warm it up. I haven't seen it above sixty four yeah. yeah. in here. Yeah, in, in order in order to in order to get a wood stove, we'd actually have to have a place that's not a condo. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll save that. You know for, what though? That's not a bad idea when we build the house to oh, have a wood stove. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, I know. I want one. I I, I want one. But it, it's funny. We were actually having a conversation. Because because our vacation is going to be held at a cottage. Yeah, I, I, and so there's which, a, remind, which reminds me, I need to... I need yeah, to, you need to find that I out. Need to find but out. there's a wood stove outside yeah. of this cottage. And last year when we went, we tried to make a fire, but it was too fucking wet. Like I couldn't get any of the paper started. And when I got it in there, it was too wet you're, inside. You're, you're talking, you're, but you're talking about... You're, not the, you're not talking if it's outside, right? I mean, we can use yes, it outside. Yes, it okay. is outside. Okay, that's the outside one. Okay, so I don't think I need to ask. It should be fine if it's just an outside one. Yeah, it's an out... Don't you remember it? Yeah, I thought we were talking about one inside. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the one outside. Yeah, okay, the one outside. Yeah, okay, got it. We were talking behind the mic about I wanted to get some wood from the property where I used to live because I split that wood with my children and my ex. So part of that fucking wood belongs to me. I hauled that wood in my pickup truck when we went and picked it up, yada, yada, yada. So I was thinking about talking to him and saying, hey, can I get some of this wood that I split? And phone boy, of course was being funny because he took a moment and was like, oh, 
I'm picturing you splitting wood and this and that. And I'm like, you, you ain't right. Yeah, well, um, you know, we forgot to toast for the, before we got into the We session. did. So yeah, although, here's cause, cause to you we're, and we're gonna have the another, pedal We're going to have another shot of this. this Good uh, shit. Yeah, that we're going to have to then uh, probably replenish your yeah, your mom's. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we'll have to buy her another bottle. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Merry Christmas Eve, phone boy. Yeah, yeah Merry Christmas Eve. That's right. Mm. Oh, baby. Yeah. I that like is that. some good yeah. shit. All right. So uh, speaking of your mom uh, and Mama T, we, we that's right. Yeah. So uh, last uh, last weekend um, on we, Sunday on Sunday um, we now we had your mom staying over, and the reason why yeah, is I scooped because, her up Friday so I wouldn't have to leave the house all weekend. Yeah, and so uh, so on Sunday we get on we we, we and we also we also uh, we also picked up your truck. Because oh, that's right. I needed to pick up my pickup truck yeah, because, because yeah, uh, be- Mama T's driveway has literally a creek running through it. Yeah. So in order to get into her driveway, I had to do a little, uh, you know, whoosh, whoosh, through the water, and I wasn't going to do that in my pretty car. No, and I, and I didn't do that in my Prius. My son went. I, I noped out of that real fast. Yeah. That's right. You know, when I when I when I came to that the first time. So so yeah, we got your truck. We so we and, but um, now we took the scenic route out there because and, and it turns out the scenic route went through Lynchburg, Tennessee. Yes, it did. Yeah. Where you know, Mister Jack Daniels yeah, was, did set up that beautiful distillery of which he has some wonderful whiskey coming out of. Yeah, which we uh, we didn't stop at that. We'll stop at that another time. But uh, but we, we did get to see the barrel tree. Unfortunately, you, not lit up because it was during the daytime. Yeah. But I've seen the lighting of the barrel tree. We got we got. We do. It's it's quite an event. But we did stop in the little town of Lynchburg, and I introduced Foam Boy to whiskey raisin ice cream, of which he ate most of the two scoop waffle cone that we we acquired. Yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. I made Foam Boy eat sugar. Yeah, there's been, there's been a little sugar consumed here in the last. Uh, not a lot. Yeah, just not a lot. Little. Just we're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, you know, we're being very circumspect about the sugar we are consuming. Yeah, but we're putting life into living as well. Because how many times do you get to go to JD yeah. to Lynchburg, Tennessee? Yeah, that's right. And get some of that whiskey raisin. Yeah, ice cream. I did get a, I did get a couple of shirts at the Harley Davidson shop though. You did, and they look really good. I like the new designs that they've come up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, those are some nice designs. Uh, I, yeah, there's a I have a coworker that is that is a Harley yeah, that he actually has a Harley in. Uh, uh, yeah, this is the Russian Israeli that lives in Switzerland, um, and uh, it was funny. When um, he actually came out, um, he came out with me and did an event years, uh, a few years ago, um, and we were in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and uh, yeah, he got—I think he got a shirt from there. I did not get a shirt from there, um, but uh, yeah, I did get a poker chip for because I also I bought a couple of shirts. I also bought some poker chips, and apparently the the uh, I don't know the outfit that runs this particular show shop or also runs the ones in you know run uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. See in Memphis, and I forgot what the other one was. Um, but uh, but anyway. yeah, I'm like looking at you like a monkey fucking a football because I know those poker chips, and I'm going, "Yep, there was Jackson, there was Memphis because they're called Bumpus." Yeah, the Bumpus. Yeah, they're Bumpus ones. I can't so, believe I can't remember what the other one. Okay, was. well, I well I have. The I know you have them like right there. I, I have totally like right on. here. So uh, right. you, got, you got Lynchburg, you've got Jackson, you've got Memphis, and you've got uh, Murf- Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Of course, Murfreesboro, which I have a hard time pronouncing because it's those are things. That even yeah, though it's I, one of those weird things. It's one of those weird things. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think the whole. Uh, yeah, I mean, we are. We did get. We did get some moonshine from one of the distilleries there, and, and the, yeah, yeah. One of them is called Muska Shine, and it tastes like a kick in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a kick in the crotch. <laughs> that was. Oh, it was a huge kick. Yeah, it I was. mean, we literally took like a little sip and went, "Yep, that's enough." 
That's enough. Um, It it was some powerful spirits, I will tell you. Yeah, powerful spirits, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, speaking of spirits, I think... Oh, oh, wait a minute, we gotta finish the story, because... The whole drive, we we yeah, because we because that was that was just the Lynchburg part. Then we get to that's right. Then we get then we get to Mama T's place, right? So my mom is nervous as a tick on a dog about meeting phone boy stepmom, and I'm like, look, this woman is down to earth, country, good people. You have nothing to worry about, and I was right. And we had a great time. I cooked liver and onions and heart for them. And Phone Boy made the mashed potatoes. Y'all, this man has never made real mashed potatoes before. And I've never seen someone make mashed potatoes that smooth with just a potato masher. So kudos to him. Not only did he make them, but he ate them. So in the last week, he has eight potatoes he has eight sugar i don't know this man i've never seen this man i don't know phone boy yeah exactly but uh yeah i mean but you know what happens when you when you eat that much stuff is yes i you know you fucked up yeah no that's the truth like as soon as you put like okay so i made these candies they are a window pane pretzel a hershey's kiss and then you can either use your m&m of choice or i used rolos for ours and i used two different kinds of kisses i used the candy cane ones and the regular ones and then i used dark chocolate salted caramel rollos and then regular rollos and alternated them etc etc they're wicked good so you put the you put the pretzel with the hershey kiss in a 200 degree oven for 10 minutes pull it out and squish either the m&m or the rollo on the top of it let them cool bingo bango great christmas candy that's your, you know, your weekly recipe from your, your chef Phoenix over here. But seriously, so I gave a couple of these to Phone Boy and I just ate two pretzels when I started making them. Instantly, I started like knowing that's how I knew I fucked up. Like yeah. should not have put that in my mouth. No yeah, exa- exactly. And that's, and again, not, uh, you know. But you that's know. putting life in the living. I mean, those candies, as you admitted, he, he ate one. He was like, ooh. Now I know why you make these for Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they're pretty fucking good. My friend Nancy gave me the recipe for them. But yeah, they, um, they're they hot, fresh garbage, y'all. From the pretzels to the kisses to the Rolos, they're nothing but sugar and shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they're good. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, you had we had a little incident at the liquor store. I think actually, I think it was actually when we were taking your mom back. From- it was. Yeah. We were taking my mom back home and she was like, hey, I need about three quarters. And I was going to give her some out of the bottle I have because I have what we call a daddy bottle, which is, I don't mean it's below the 175. It's this, the size below the 175. So we call it a daddy bottle. And I'm like, I'll just give you the jack you need, mom. You don't have to go to the liquor store. I've got a fucking bottle I always keep in the fridge. Well, I forgot because that's what, you know, I have nothing else going on in my mind. So we ended up stopping at the liquor store, local liquor store, to get her a bottle that would be just enough. Like she didn't want to have extra hanging around. So phone boy went in with her while I stayed in the pickup truck to get this jack. And this dude comes out. And now he's in the car next to me. Whatever. That's fine. Motherfucker starts running his yap. Ooh, could you park a little closer? He doesn't realize I'm in the truck. I lowered the passenger side window. I said, yes, as a matter of fact, I could. Boy, you never seen somebody shit and get and twist his fucking self around 180 degrees. I said, if you'd like, I can move. But this guy on the left of me was all up on my knee. So I had to be moved over. I'm sorry. I did my best. Oh, it's no problem. It's no problem. I'm like, if you want, I can move. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. 
And then this asshole has the balls to tell me, oh, lighten up. I'm like, Merry Christmas. And I rolled up my window. But let me tell you what, that dude didn't know whether to shit or go blind with the fact that he got caught running his fucking dick sucker. Yeah. And I, I, I'm probably getting caught on mic uh, pouring you another uh, shot. <laughs> That's okay. You know, we have rules around here. You know, wicker, uh, wicker and lead. That yeah. needs to be a show title. W- wicker, yeah. and le- wicker and lead. Wicker and lead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So get this, you guys, right? So we have an electric skillet that sits on top of the refrigerator. And we use it occasionally, but I love this thing because you can take the the thing you cook in up off the heating element to like bring it to the table to serve. It's phenomenal. I love it. So I'm not thinking anything about this. Phone boy tells me the damn freezer above the refrigerator keeps popping open. And I'm like, what the hell's going on with this thing? So we arranged the whole freezer where there's no way it can be because any food is, you know, fucking with it, making it pop open. I'm checking the seal. I'm like, the seal must be fucked. I have no other explanation. So phone boy's looking around. Now, this is after I've already taken kitchen twine and tied the handles for the freezer and the fridge together so that while we're asleep, this freezer doesn't pop open and defrost everything. So I tie it up and phone boy's looking around the back of the refrigerator and he notices that the cord for this fucking electric skillet is kind of wedged. I open the freezer and it releases the plug. I said, dude. I have a feeling that plug is why the fucking freezer kept popping open. And son of a bitch, if it wasn't, because it hasn't done it since we moved the plug. Yeah, there you go. We exactly. were laughing so hard because we literally almost called the, pers- the our rental agent to be like, hey, I think we need to replace the seal on the freezer. Boy, we would have been so embarrassed had that been the case. I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, we, we, we have some we have some uh, we have some potential show titles in the uh, I'm in noticing the this. Yeah, it's uh, I'm kind of going and this is uh, yeah, I, there, there's lots of great stuff coming out of it. And by the way, if you're if you're listening to us and you're listening to us on the recording, you're missing out. You need to come listen to us live at 4 p.m. Central Time uh, on Saturdays. Uh, on- and get yourself in the chat. Lotus Effect dot chat for the IRC. Yeah. Uh, or you can or if you know how to use uh, IRC, if you and if you're in zero node, you can go to pound Lotus Effect and, and do the same thing. That's uh, right. Because what goes on in the chat stays in the chat. That's right. It's the way this works. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the freezer popped out. I think that's, I think it was everything. We, we had, we had, well, a vi- we do want to say thank you. And I think this is what you were about to say. Yeah, this is we what had saying. a visitor, uh, right before we went on air Yep, from, uh, was, Randolph Farms. Yeah, Ruth the, showed up and, and delivered our, that's uh, right, delivered our, our standing rib roast that we, that we ordered for, for a Christmas holiday that ultimately, uh, didn't happen. Thanks to mother nature and me having panic attacks and realizing there is no way in hell I can do two fucking Christmas type shows plus do two. Well, it became one meal because unfortunately Phoenix jr. Is not going to be out of the oots gal before like, I don't know, mid January or February or his ass is going to be a minute. So unfortunately only one holiday for this year, we were going to have two, but uh, we ended up having none because, yeah. yeah, Mother Nature went uh, all yep. over us in yep. the white form. Yep. And, and I told Tigger, who lives up in Maine, I said, um, hey, your weather just shit all over my lawn. Come get it because I don't want it. And she's like, oh, it's so pretty. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It's not pretty. It's pretty if I don't have to drive in it. But unfortunately, you know, I have a friend who wasn't able to get to work because she doesn't trust any other driver but me. And, uh, yeah, with me not working Friday, that was kind of a no-go for her to get to work. So, you know, 
I feel bad about that. But at the same time, I'm not putting my life or my car at risk for anybody. So, you know, there is that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, but other than that, yes. Ruth from Randolph Farms, we love you guys. Yeah, Thank she, you she's, so she's much. She's a sweetie. She really is. Not only did she bring us these two gorgeous roasts, but she also brought us a Christmas card and a lovely little fruit basket. So she did not have to do that. But thank you, Ruth, from Randolph Farms yeah, for our lovely Christmas gift that you brought us and the beautiful beef of which we will be noshing on one of yeah. tomorrow because we're going to make one of those roasts. And yeah. uh, we'll let you all know how it is. Yeah, we uh, but yeah, we I mean, we, uh, the, the, the cheesecake you made was, um, yeah, didn't. Yeah, that was a that was a. I mean, which we haven't eaten yet, which we'll probably eat. Right, we're we're gonna get all up in it, uh, probably during the after party. I'll, oh yes, you know that'll be dessert. But I made this thing with a pecan and almond flour crust. It's not pecan flour; it's just um like macerated pecans and almond flour and a couple other ingredients. Trying to keep it as NSNG as possible, but sometimes you just have to put a little life into living. That's so right. as the trade off. To sugar, I actually used honey in this cheesecake, and I also used a Wensleydale cranberry cheese as opposed to just strictly cream cheese. So I'm hoping it comes out well. Yeah, well, the, well, the, the the sampling of the crust I I, I was eating off of the spring the, the spring form spring pan. Form. Yeah, spring. I almost said springboard pan, but it's a spring springboard form. pan. <laughs> Which you know, I, I'm of course I'm writing that down, right? I mean, of it's, course, because I mean, I, I mean, I, I, um, I, I said it last night too, and I'm and I was going, that's a potential show title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's lots of poten- there's lots of uh, sh- yeah show titles potentially fall out of our mouth every time we speak. This uh, is true. Yeah, um, but no, we had uh, no the beef stew that you made last night also had. Oh, that beef stew was naughty because that had the meat juice from. Some roast thing that I made in the crock pot. Yeah, which was, which was you know, basically bounced. I think it came, which also came from a... The Randolph Farm yeah, people. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So. And it was also, if I remember correctly, that was the beef stock I had made from the beef bones we got from them. Yes, exactly. That was put with that roast that then turned it into the most dark, unctuous liquid I've ever seen with a fat layer that would make any carnivore come. Yeah. And all of that went into this beautiful beef stew that had some parsnips and some tiny little diced up potatoes, some carrots, some celery, some onion, which onion, celery, and carrot, that's called mirepoix for anyone who's wondering. And yeah, sauteed that all up, got it all up in the pot, did this, did that. Bada bing, bada boom, we uh, seasoned it up and yeah, there were naughty things going on. Oh, shout out also to Soulshine Farms, Phil from Soulshine Farms. This dude gave me a couple of containers of just absolutely wonderful ground up um, hot peppers. I'm trying to remember what kind they were. I think they were cayenne peppers that he had grown and dried. So I have these pepper flakes with the seeds and I also have this ground up and I sprinkled a little bit in that stew Ooh, set your ass on fire. Yeah, well, and we got the potatoes from DeBell, I think. Yes, the potatoes came from DeBell. The beef came from Randolph. Soulshine gave that little kick in the ass that was the red pepper. All in all. Where did KC Farms fix fix into this, though? The cheesecake. The eggs from KC Farms are in the cheesecake. There we go. So ultimately... Everything More you cooked yesterday, we, we represented our the, the well, people. Well, actually, we... if you think about it, hold on. I know this perfectly. Yeah. Tomorrow's meal, because we're doing the roast, is yeah. going to be indicative of all three farms that we represent. And I'll find a way to put something from Soul Shine in now, there. I'm sure something. Will get, I'm sure you'll <laughs> Because spice the cheesecake has eggs from Casey, we, we, the by meat the way, from Randolph, and then the potatoes. We still have some potatoes hmm. from 
DeBell. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, exactly. Not that we're trying to necessarily... No, we're not shilling for anyone. We're just telling you guys, these are our local yeah, farmers. Well, we and we, we also don't eat the potatoes that often, although we... we no, we don't, but I'm not going to let those beauties well, go to no, waste. No. They were gifted to us yeah. in a in a care basket that we use the majority of yeah, the vegetables exa- from exactly. for a vegetable stock and other stuff. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, I think we're to the point where we play voicemails now. Yeah, yes. I think we are. Yeah. And we've got some good voicemails for you all, Pedalheads, today. Yeah, we do. And so um, I'm going to, and so, yeah, and of course, I think we also have a shot, and we also have more peppermint. Uh, peppermint, no. Uh, cherry. Cherry. It's actually Michigan cherry, oh. according to the label. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you, I had never seen this before. I've been by the DeKuyper factory where this stuff is made in Ohio. But this is some kick-ass schnapps for sure. And Fumboy needs to turn his football game off so he can concentrate on our fucking show. Yeah, well, no. I'm, I'm, anyway, nothing, nothing has actually happened here. I don't know what you're talking about. There's no football playing. Because there, of, there is nothing to see there here. There is nothing to see here. However, there is a lot to hear, and we're going to hear some voicemails. And yes, so we're we gonna are. Pl- we're going to play this one first. Hey, Phoenix and Phone Boy, how's it going? This is Andrea or Tomboy Tranny on NES. And my favorite Christmas movie is Love Actually. I watch it every New Year's Eve. And it's not a Christmas movie, but I watch it once a year on Christmas morning. My absolute favorite movie of all time is Cloud Atlas. And it is so meaningful and heart-wrenching that I can't stand to watch it more than once a year. So it is my go-to every Christmas morning. Hope you all are well. Hope you're staying warm. And have fun with the show. Talk to you later. Well, thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much, Andrew. We appreciate that so much. And you know, it's funny, because in around about the same time that Love Actually came out, I think a movie um, with Meryl Streep and uh, Trigger Finger Baldwin, I mean, Alex Alec Baldwin came out called It's Complicated, and I absolutely love that movie. That is my go-to chick flick. I'm just going to say it is so screamingly hilarious. So if you haven't seen it, Andrea, check it out. It's worth the watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. And uh, I think I'll play the next voicemail. Actually, we think we've got, uh, yeah, we got a lot of voicemails here. So we're going to play the next one. Cool. Hi, phone boy. This is Mama L. Mommy, uh, my favorite Christmas song is Miracle on 34th Street. All right. I'll be listening to your show. Love you. Bye. That would be my mom, Mama Phoenix. Yes. And (laughs) she meant to say her favorite movie. Because we talked afterwards. She was like, oh, my God, I got so tongue-tied. She's like, I'm not used to calling in on these damn voicemails. I'm like, I know, Mom, it's cool. I knew what you meant. So thank you, Mom, for that. You know, I got to say, I like Miracle on 34th Street. I have seen it. Um, Bing Crosby's White Christmas, though, that is a movie that's super special if we're going, like, old-school movies. Yeah, I always kind of looked forward to watching It's a Wonderful Life when it came out every I mean it's it's like every freaking year, you know, on yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah, that's a good one too. Little Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. little Jimmy little Jimmy Stewart, little Donna, uh what's what was her name? The um Donna Reed? Yeah, that's right. The, yes, yes, yes. Yes, uh because she had she yeah. Anyway. Nothing like showing our age for more. Yeah, I know. All right. So okay, we have the next voicemail. I think I know who this is from. What up, what up, what up? Happy National Eggnog Day. Yeah, Christopher Battles. How you yeah, doing, buddy? Yeah, Christopher Battles. Anyway, just coming here from, uh, or calling here from uh, 
sunny uh, FEMA Region 9 where there's uh, where there's some fog and some sun, but, you know, none of that cold, none of that coldness, you know. Still walking around in sandals and barefoot like Norm outside, so. Anywho, my favorite Christmas movie, um, we're going to go with Die Hard. I know whatever sounds cliche, uh, but it's just enjoy it. It's one of those, like, right after Thanksgiving kind of thing, usually the day or two after we watch Die Hard, the wife and I, and, and uh, you know, if you're probably on NAS or whatever, can there's a, got a little uh, Bruce Willis action, Die Hard action figure that hangs on the Christmas tree, and I got a old book and stuff that I got from my brother, and it's just one of those, like, yeah, it's just kind of fun, start off the, start off the, the holiday season and whatnot, and uh, yeah. We're going to go with that. My wife likes Santa Claus, the, the Tim Allen one, which I enjoy, too, so we watch that every year, too. And uh, But I just kind of liked that. Last night we watched The Strike, you know, Festivus, yes, bagels, no, whatnot. So that was also a fun little tradition, so we do that. So. But I know that's not a movie, but still. So, and just all the other Christmas movies, you know, I mean, there's Elf and all those, you know, just whatever. But, like, I don't have to watch those every year, but... Uh, Probably die hard just because it starts it off. And, uh, you know, it's action-packed, of course. And there's still some getting together and reuniting and whatnot and uh, little things. And so, yeah. But uh hope you guys are having a beautiful day. No, you're not super into Christmas or whatever. But, uh, you know, just getting together, just the two of you guys. And uh, we're seeing the, her family tomorrow and uh, my family on Monday. And just getting together and... Figuring out all the little kinks and quirks and and whatnot of uh, communication and things like that. So that was fun. So, uh, but in a good way, you know. So, all right. Well, this is Christopher Battles. Love you guys. Stay dangerous. And whether it's cold or it's foggy, whether it's snow or it's sleet, you can always say, and you should always say, Ka-ka! Merry Christmas, y'all. Eve. 364 days till Festivus, though. Jeez. you, Mr. Christopher Battles. And we agree. Yeah, not Christmas till battle, battle, Hans there's, Gruber there's, gets there's, there's, thrown off the 32nd floor in Nakatomi Towers. That's all I'm saying. Let, 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 let's, let, allow me to... Uh, let, let, let's see what this... Uh, the, the, what I've written down as show titles from, the, from this man's freaking... Uh, there the, are many. Yeah, uh, Fog and Some Fuel. Festivus, yes. Bagels, no. In Battles of the Guys. I like it. Yeah, there's a, so it came out of it. Okay, so I think we have another show. We have a we have we, we have more do. voicemails. And if you are listening live and you want to you want to you have not already called in two five three two three seven three three two one. Which I've got to actually point out. Oh, that's actually something I need to point out because in the conversation that was happening. Um, uh, that Servo, I have to point this out, Servo deci- decided our phone number uh, spelled out a a leaf redab. That sounds good to me. I'm all about the dabs, even if it's a redab. That's right. So, uh, like, is a redab a hit, a dab you've already hit once? You gonna redab it? Yeah, exactly. I'm just asking for a friend. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, a leaf redab. Okay, well, I did get that in there. So, so, so I yeah. like that. And thank you, Servo. But, bro. You have way too much time on your hands figuring that shit. Yeah, out. I could, I saying. couldn't, I couldn't figure that one out. I was trying because I was trying to figure out if there's anything or thinking a leaf redab sounds like a great thing. Okay, sounds great to All me. Right. So here's our next, uh, here's our next voicemail. I don't do Christmas movies at all. I barely do Christmas 
And that's only because I have grandchildren. So I'll give you one of my favorite movies instead. The first, Godfather, was the best. The other two were okay, but I'll always go back to the first one. And that's all I got. Y'all have a good time tonight, even though I won't be around for most of it. Love you. Bye. Love you, Mama T. Fredo, I knew it was you that broke my heart, Fredo. Yeah. Love us some godfathers over here at the Lotus Effect. Yeah, that's, that's Hell yes. That's, yeah. That might be one we have to watch. Um, all right. So we got we got, we got a couple more voicemails here. Um, so we're going to go and play, play the next one. Hey, y'all. It's a Wookiee. Hi, Wookie. I just want to tell you my uh, favorite Christmas movie is Babes in Toyland uh, with Laurel and Hardy. All right. Y'all have a good show. And talk to you soon. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Wookie, for so calling. Thanks so much, Wookie. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. To be fair, I might have to check it out. Yeah, I have not either. Um, all right, let's. So let's see what the next. Uh, let's see who the next voicemail is from here. Well, okay. So you're discussing, you know, favorite movies for Christmas time. There is nothing, nothing better than Die Hard. I mean, come on. Where else are you going to see a man able to fit his entire body in a hole? And well, I think he sort of enjoyed it. I don't know if the uh, the thingy enjoyed it. What was that? Barefoot. Barefoot. Oh yes, barefoot. Oh my God! Talk about a masochist. I mean, seriously, cut it up, leave your blood all over the place. People can do DNA sequencing and start cloning you. Anywho, on that note, thank you very much. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and yes, I can say it and get away with it this time. And all that fun bullshit. Do you have anything else you want to say? I'm touching a kitty. And uh, Sir Ben Rose is currently touching a kitty. Don't ask. It's messy. I don't want to get into it. Love you. I come by. Sweet. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dame thank Bemrose. Thank you, Dame Bemrose. And you know what? It's funny because, like I said, we were watching Die Hard last night. Phone Boy and I were. And now I've seen this movie numerous times. It's one of my favorite movies. However... I have a huge issue, and any gun enthusiast out there, I'm pretty sure, could agree with me. Reginald Van Johnson, when he looks at Nakatomi Tower, how close he is to Nakatomi Tower, and at the same time, you've got Bruce Willis just fucking unloading a goddamn semi-automatic machine gun or whatever the fuck, just fucking ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And you're going to tell me that fucking report isn't echoing enough that that fucking fat cop can hear that shit? No, I call bullshit. I'm calling a fat big line of bullshit. And also, as soon as that fucking body hit his car and he hit reverse, oh yeah, at that point, it's done. You know shit's done hit the fan. Here's the thing, okay? Bruce Willis is fucking tap, tap, tapping that fucking machine gun, right? He overkilled the shit out of that thing. Once that fucking body hit the car and you saw him hit reverse and you, you know, popped his car with a couple of rounds, stop, asshole. You're going to kill the cop. I'm just saying. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, the, we 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 actually stopped that whole thing, um, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a that was definitely a thing, and it's it's just kind of a. Uh, but yeah, I have to, I have to point out a couple of the potential show titles that came from that. Massive kiss was one of the one. I come by, which is I know I know that Dame Bemrose said that on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah, and actually, that's that is. Um, yeah, I think that that is a. 
that that goes back a ways. Uh, the mm-hmm. I come by thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Say and serve was another one that, that nice. I, I, th- I thought I'd write down. Uh, so we have uh, one more voicemail before Woo-hoo! we get into the uh, the second part of our um, of our thing here. And I got I've got I've got to play it here. And uh, yeah, we'll play it. Uh, and we'll do it right now. You DKA motherfucker. Hey, Rap. So what's my favorite Christmas movie? No, it's not Rap. I haven't oh, that's, decided oh, that's somebody, just that's, yet. That's, I've been uh, trying to dig Billy through Bones. a handful of Christmas movies. I've been watching the polls going crazy on the SOSNEDs. And uh, I'm I'm waiting. I'm biding my time on watching Die Hard. That is the one that I will watch regularly. I watched the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Did not find that funny at all. It's the second time I've watched it, and I just watched it again this week. And don't know, don't know what it is about that movie, but it is what it is. I watched Gremlins as well this week. I think that one holds up as far as a quality Christmas movie. But if I were to choose one, I think I would be remiss to go towards the the originals and get some uh, Burr Lives with the uh, the Rudolph story. Or the original animated Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I think those two fit a little bit more into the category of appropriate classical Christmas movie, but we're not going to rule out Die Hard. Well, oh my God, I would totally agree with that. I love me some original Rudolph and yeah, the Rankin Bass freak, freaking you know claim you know I don't know stop animation or whatever the hell it is. Um, so, yeah, to, to watch it now with all the advanced technology we have, you can really see you know the the complete Dragonian efforts that they had but at the same time i have to agree with you there billy bones about the fact that like fuck national lampoons christmas vacation the original national lampoons was funny as fuck okay with beverly d'angelo and the whole nine okay after that it just got fucking shitty and yeah you just it's it's no it's just wrong uh source meds came up as a potential show title in the uh, we have a lot of great potential show titles with the yeah. transcript being trashed it, today. Yeah, yeah, much like our, much like the hosts of the show are trashed. <laughs> no, not me. I'm actually as sober as a judge in uh, Blunt County, you uh, coked out cocksuckers. <laughs> Am I lying, dude? Am I lying? The judges in Blunt County do the fucking cocaine with the lawyers. I'm not shitting you. This la- this damn county what? is as corrupt as you can fucking get. Yeah. It's sick. Yeah, no kidding. Um all right. So um anyway, I think um I think we'll I think we're on to the second half of the show now. We've we've kind I of believe we are. Yeah, we've kinda of have. Uh so let us um Okay, so uh Santa Claus, also known as uh, Father Christmas, uh, um you know, or Saint Nicholas, Saint Nick, Chris Kringle, or simply Santa is a legendary character, um, it, it originating in Western Christian culture. That doesn't seem. It, although I thought it was, a, I thought it was a made in a Hollywood basement, much like anything else. Um, well, but, you know, that's space, the final frontier. Hey yeah, yo, yeah, exactly. red hot chili peppers. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
But uh, he said to bring children gifts during the late evening and overnight hours on Christmas Eve uh, of toys and candy or coal or nothing, depending upon whether they were naughty or nice. Well, who decides what that is? Um, he supposedly accomplishes this with the aid of Christmas elves who make the toys in his workshop, often to be set at the North Pole and flying reindeer who pull a sleigh through the air. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, the, so uh, my question is: Is does it sound like anything like uh, uh, the the Bible? I don't know. I mean, it's it seems like the twelve apostles. You know, I don't know. If there's some parallels there, maybe. I don't know. Um, you're looking at me. I have nothing to say on that. You know that I think that the Bible is just a two thousand year old Jewish fairy tale. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, this is just as much of a fairy tale as anything, I guess. Um, now, the modern character of Santa is based on folklore traditions surrounding St. Nicholas, the English figure of Father Christmas, and the Dutch figure of Sinterklaas. The same Santa Claus is actually a phonetic der- der- uh, derivation of Sinterklaas in Dutch, if you get right down to it. Yes. Um, but uh, Santa is generally depicted as a portly, jolly, white-bearded man, often with spectacles, wearing a red coat with white fur and cuffs. White fur, cuffed red trousers, red hat with white fur, and a black leather belt and boots, carrying a bag full of gifts for children. I'm not going to tell you, when I first read White Fur, Collar, and Cuffs, I had a whole different thought. I'm sure you did. Um, Don't uh, judge me. Yeah, um... But uh, he's commonly portrayed as laughing in a way that sounds like, ho, ho, ho. That's what I'm saying. He's calling his bitches. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. You know, uh, if I looked, if I, you know, if I was pimping like that, I don't know. Why um, do you think he's got the white fur cuff and collars? He's not wearing them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the image became popular in the United States and Canada in the 19th century due to the significant influence of the 1823 poem A Visit from St. Nicholas. Caricaturist and political cartoonist Thomas Nast also played a role in the creation of Santa's image, as did Coca-Cola and every other freaking company that does advertising. Um, This image has been maintained and reinforced through song, radio, television, children's books, family Christmas traditions, films, and, of course, advertising. Uh, Yeah, Coca-Cola, anyway. Um, well, you know, they, they you know, to be more politically correct, yank, 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 changed over to the polar bears, which I got to admit, the Coca-Cola polar bears are cute as hell. Yeah, they're they're cute or something. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, you know, St. Nicholas was a fourth century Greek Christian bishop of of Mira, which is now Demre, I guess, in the region of uh, Lysa in the Roman Empire today uh, in Turkey. Uh, Nicholas was known for his generous gifts to the poor, in particular pr- uh, re- uh, pre- or presenting the three impoverished daughters of a pious Christian with dowries so that they would not have to become prostitutes. Uh, he was very religious from an early age and devoted his life entirely to Christianity in continental Europe, or more precisely the Netherlands and Belgium and Austria and the Czech Republic and Germany. He He's usually portrayed as a bearded bishop in canonical robes. I don't See know. my point? He was trying to keep them from having to enter the lifestyle, you know, them cuffs and collars. That's right. In 1087, while the Greek Christian inhabitants of Mira were subjugated by the newly arrived Muslim uh, Seljuk dynasty, and soon after the Greek Orthodox Church had been declared to be in schism by the Catholic Church in 1054 AD, uh, a group of merchants from the Italian city of Bari removed the major bones of Nicholas's skeleton from his uh, sarcophagus in the Greek church in Mira. 
Over the objection of the monks of Mira, the sailors took the bones of St. Nicholas to Bari, where they now are enshrined in the Basilica of of San Nicola. And sailors from Bari collected just half of Nicholas's skeleton, leaving all the minor fragments in the church sarcophagus. These were later taken by the Venetian sailors during the First Crusade and placed in Venice, where a church to St. Nicholas, the patron of sailors, was built on the the San Nicolo Alido, St. Nicholas's vandalized sarcophagus, can still be seen in the St. Nicholas Church in Mira. This tradition was confirmed in two important scientific investigations of the relics of Bari of Venice, which revealed that the relics in the two Italian cities belonged to the same skeleton. Um, St. Nicholas was later claimed as a patron saint of many diverse groups, from archers, sailors, and children to pawnbrokers. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess a lot of people like uh, St. Nicholas. He's also the patron saint of both Amsterdam and Moscow. For, yeah, he was for, kind of popular, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, during the Middle Ages, often the, often on the evening before the name of the name day of six December, uh, children were bestowed gifts in his honor. Uh, this date was earlier than the original day of gifts for the children, which moved in the course of the Reformation in its opposition to the veneration of saints in many countries on the twenty fourth and twenty fifth of December. You know, what? I find that interesting. Let, yeah. let me stop you for just a moment, okay. phone boy. In the Christian religion, you're taught that the whole thing with the gifts is because Jesus was given gifts by the three wise men, etc., etc. Now, in this narrative, you're telling me that the gifts are because St. Nicholas used to bestow gifts on good children. So, hmm, folks, which is it? Yeah, no yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, well, there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I think we've talked about this. History's uh, written by the... the uh, victors. By the victors, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and probably rewritten. So who knows what actually happened? Um, so, Ergo, fairy tale. Yeah, it's a fairy, fairy tale. Yeah, I thought love was only true in fairy tales. Sorry, anyway. And <laughs> for someone else, but not for me. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole different. Uh, we we'll, we'll get into the rest of that at the uh, yeah. Well, at some point in Studio Thirty Three, not. Not this weekend because we're playing Christmas 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 uh, crap, as it were. Um, now, the custom of giving of gifting to children at Christmas was propagated by Martin Luther, who also named who also uh, nailed ninety nine theses to the door of some of some chapel somewhere. I just remember my one of my what ninety nine theses? That's no, rude. No, ninety nine theses. Um, I think, although I think ninety nine theses might be a potential show title. Oops. Yeah, and somebody didn't get the memo that, you know, we're doing a fucking show right now, you know. My oldest son. Yeah, well, he should be listening. Um, so, the, but, um, yeah, so anyway, it was the, the custom of giving to children at Christmas was propagated by Martin Luther as an alternative to the previous very popular gift custom on St. Nicholas to force the interest of the children to Christ instead of the veneration of saints. Martin Luther first suggested the Christ kind as, a, as the bringer of gifts, but Nicholas remained popular as gift bearer for the people. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about Father Christmas, right? Well, Father Christmas goes as back, goes uh, at least to the 16th century in England during the reign of Henry VIII, when he was pictured as a large man in green or scarlet robes lined with fur. He typified the spirit of good cheer at Christmas, bringing peace, joy, good food, and wine and revelry, which... You know, there's a lot of that happens during the holiday. As Eng- England no longer kept the Feast of the Saints, uh, Nicholas, on the 6th of December, the Father Christmas celebration was moved 
to the 25th of December to coincide with Christmas Day. Hmm. And what have we all been taught? <gasps> Christmas was the day that Jesus was born. Yeah, Can we know you he's... smell the bullshit or is it just me? Yeah, well, there's lots of bullshit going Sorry, on. all you Christians who believe in this. Yeah, well, we, we also know that, uh, that uh, you know, that, uh, you know, that Jesus was probably born in the summer, not not born during the winter. Well, they said that they were on their way to go do taxes, and we all know taxes happens in the spring. Yeah, well, just well, who knows? Maybe back then, maybe that's when taxes were done. But whatever, I mean, it's possible. Yeah, but uh, anyway, um, yeah. So um, it's but yeah, Father Christmas goes back a sixteen as far as back a sixteenth century in England during the reign of Henry VIII, as I said. Um, yeah, as England no longer kept okay, blah blah blah. Okay, so the Victorian revival. Poor Christmas, phone boy lost his. Boy. Yeah, phone boy lost lost his place. I, I totally screwed him up. You know, the Victorian revival of Christmas included Father Christmas as the emblem of good cheer, and his physical appearance was variable. Uh, one image was the illustration of the ghost of Christmas past in the Charles Dixon story of Christmas Carol from 1843 he was a great genial man in a green lined robe with fur who took Scrooge through the bustling streets of London on the current Christmas morning sprinkling the essence of Christmas onto the hoppy population uh, why I just did an Irish accent I don't know well because there's because I don't think I don't think this is Irish that we're drinking this is no a- that's some Fucking decoyper schnapps, which is ballin'. But anyway, yeah, because and that's produced right right in uh, Kentucky, you know. No, it's not. It's in Ohio. Uh, Bullshit. I've been to the fucking. It says thing. produced by John Kuiper and Sons, Frankfurt, Clermont, Kentucky, USA. They must have moved it because the decoyper um, factory used to be in Ohio. Because I would go through it all the time on seventy five. I'm telling you what the bottle No, says. I believe you, phone boy. I'm just saying, the last thing I knew, that factory was located in Ohio because I had actually yeah. gone there. Yeah. They must have so, moved so it. This, Sorry. So this, so this, this is, is, well, I don't know. It's, okay, y'all, I gotta, I gotta, again, break the fourth wall. I'm still not used to being in this part of the country. I'm used to living on the left coast where, you know, places like Kentucky and, and, and West Virginia and all these other, and, and, and uh, you know, Tennessee are like, you know, far away. And I'm like, oh, well, first of all, live well, in they used to be far away. But yeah, Kentucky literally is like an hour. Well, OK, where we are now, it's a little more than an hour, depending on the route. But yeah, it's real easy. I mean, Rev Cybertrucker is in West Virginia tonight with his daughter at the house that he owns and you know, we were joking around because I sent him a picture of a biscuit that I had made. I made a, you know, tray of biscuits of um, onion and chive cheese biscuits. They're really good. But anyway. Oh, I just, I think, I, yeah. I, uh, they, they were they were good, y'all. I'll say that. <laughs> they were. But uh, I, w- I sent a pic to Rev and he sent me a drooling emoji and I said, hey, if you're coming through, feel free. You know, we have some. He's like, I'll be there in eight hours. And I was like where you at, bro? And he was like, West Virginia at home. I'm like, ah, gotcha. So yeah, I mean, that is honest that in eight hours, Rev Cybertrucker could truly be at our door, you know, to, to break bread with us. That's, that's the truth. Yeah. It's, as I say, it's, it's nice to be not so far away from uh, so many people now. It's, it's, we're actually, yeah, it's, it's, you have a lot of people you're close to, but you know, (laughs) and what we're not close to is the Netherlands and Belgium where the character is closer to them than I was, right? That's right. You are, but you know, 
In Netherlands and Belgium, the character of Santa Claus competes with that of Sinterklaas, which is based on Saint Nick. Now, Santa Claus is known as de Kirchman in Dutch, and I know I murdered that, so Adam, forgive me. Yeah. The Christmas Man is what that translates to, and Pierre Noel, which is Father Christmas in French. See, that one I actually knew. Mm-hmm. There you go. Amazing. Knowing is half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. You know, I took French in high school. I do still remember some of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Joyeux Noël is Merry Christmas in French, for anyone who was wondering. And uh, for children in the Netherlands, Sinterklaas remains the predominant gift giver in December. 36% of the Dutch only give presents on Sinterklaas evening or the day itself, which is the 6th of December. Now, while Christmas is the 25th of December, it's used by another 20%. 21% to give presents. And some 20%... So I can't talk tonight. The hell! Well, we, we did drink. We did sit here and drink an entire freaking bottle. I'm, of I'm telling schnapps. you, the tongue is not drunk, I promise. I just... I'm having moments. No, you're having moments? So, mm-hmm. um, so, so <laughs> 26% of the Dutch population gives presents on both the 6th of December and the 25th. Yeah, um... And, and yeah, and there's, yeah. The, I guess they say some twenty six percent given both days, but uh, um, yeah, it, it's um, it, yeah. And Belgian presents are offered exclusively to children on the sixth of December and on Christmas Day. All ages may receive presents. Now, Saint Nicholas or Sinterklaas uh, assistants are called uh, Pietan in, in Dutch or uh, Pierre Fautard in French. I, I'm going to let you. <laughs> did I, did I? You you did pretty good, Pierre Fautard. Okay, well, I'm sorry, I don't. Yeah. So they're not elves. Okay, yeah. in Switzerland, Pierre Fautard accompanies Pierre Noël in the French-speaking region, while the sinister Schmutzel accompanies Samish Kloss in the Swiss-German region, and Schmutzel carries a twig broom to spank the naughty children, much like the root that Sinterklaas has of yeah. the birch branches. Yeah, exactly. And some of this all this all kind of comes together. Uh, by the way, if you th- if you think that all these uh, Christmas uh, you know things come together, wait till you see what we've got planned. Uh, I don't know in the, in another week or so. Right? Yeah, we're going to be coming into twenty twenty three like the motherfucking Kool Aid Man. Oh yeah! Boom! What well, the truth bombs we're about to drop on y'all on New Year's Day, provided no one else wants that show, are going to shake, shake, shake the room. Yeah, shake, shake, shake the room. That's right. Um, yeah. So um, an eighteen eighty six depiction of the long bearded Norse god Odin by George Devon Rosen. Hmm, uh, prior- that's another thing we're going to be tackling come the new year. Is that fact yeah uh prior to christianization the germanic peoples including the english celebrated a midwinter event called yule old english uh gila or Yuli. uh with the christianization of germanic europe numerous traditions were absorbed from yuletide celebrations into what, what we call you know christmas today uh during this period supernatural and ghostly occurrences were said to increase in frequency such as the wild hunt a ghostly procession through the sky the leader of the wild hunt is frequently attested as the god odin or, or Woden, bearing, among many names, the name uh, Jolner, meaning a uh, Yule figure, and, and Lagbador, uh, meaning long beard and Old Norse. Yeah. Yeah. And Woden's role during the Yuletide period has been theorized as having influenced concepts of St. Nick and Santa Claus in various facets, including his white beard and his gray horse for nightly rides, which is compared to Odin's horse Splenifner. Or his reindeer in North American tradition. So there was this folklorist, Margaret Baker, 
who maintain that the appearance of Santa Claus or Father Christmas, whose day is the 25th of December, owes much to Odin. The old blue-hooded cloak where white-bearded gift bringer of the North who rode the midwinter skies on his eight-legged steed, Sepner, or Slepner, visiting his people with gifts. And Odin transformed into Father Christmas, then Santa Claus, prospered with the Saint Nick and Christ Child, becoming leading player on the Christmas stage. Yeah. Now, I, I got to point something out because this is something that my dad told me once um, when I was in college, I think. And I remember he said it in a letter. He said that one of the... Because I'd asked him... Because, okay, so my... I mean, I realize everybody calls me phone boy and I got no problem with that because it's... Because uh, that's the name. I, I mean, that's your moniker. Dude. That's, that's my what moniker. I've, 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 I've had it. I've had it. Yeah, I've had it. I've had it for. Yeah, I've had it for a long time. Right. It's it's mm-hmm. it's defined my even you know even my professional career. Right. It's it's because it's because it's associated with that. But right. Uh, but I asked my dad because but my so my real name has a silent e in it. And I asked my dad. So okay, what the fuck possessed you to to name me to to name me the way you did? And, and now I don't remember like why he picked that name, especially with a silent e. But what he but what he did uh, tell me was one of the names we'd considered, but your but your mother objected was the name Odin Thor, which. Uh, yeah, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's something to the, to that. Uh, um, you know, bear, I'm, I'm a geek bearing gifts at times, right? So I, um, I kind of find that funny, considering the fact that there is Thor the Wonder Hammer, which we will not explain because that's for the after 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 party. As the after after <laughs> I, after, I after, just, after after when after when Mama T told you that story um, last weekend about the fact you were literally almost named Odin Thor, I just could not resist the thought of Thor the Wonder Hammer. Well. I, I told her that story. I, I, she yes, did, you did. I know because she because she never heard it before. Because I don't think because I don't think. Uh, oh, don't Ian th- McShane. Billy Bones is saying Ian McShane plays a Gary Odin. I fucking love Ian McShane. Like I'm a huge horror fan, as I stated before. And um, American Horror Story did. I think it was season three, Asylum, where Ian McShane played this like homicidal Santa Claus, which was cool as shit. Just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, I, I, yes. great actor. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, yeah, phone boy, the wonder hamster. <laughs> you know, that's that's now totally a thing. Thank you, Sir Bemrose. <laughs> but you know, getting back to the shit we were doing, you know, Woden's role during the Yuletide period has been theorized as having influenced concepts of Saint Nick and Santa Claus in various facets. And I already read that fucking fact. God damn it. So in Finland, so, Santa so, Claus... Okay, so who, who, who's, who's drunk enough to lose their place? Fuck it's, you. I was not drunk enough. I just happened to notice the fact I didn't move my script. Eat a bag and suck my ass, saith lavish. Yeah. So in Finland, Santa Claus is called Julapiki, which the direct translation is Christmas goat. Interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Now the flying reindeer could symbolize the use of a of fly agaramic by Sammy Shamans. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, yeah. Um, that what? Um, you're the one. Uh, yeah. So don't look at me, dude. All I did was the research. Doesn't mean I read the shit. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, I just missed that. I just like, okay. So I just opened a show beer. Y'all missed epically trying to hit that damn. 
Yeah, garbage she, yeah, with she, the she lid. Fuck, I'm just she saying. fucking brick. I bricked bad. Yeah, you brick, you brick, 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 brick. Yeah, brick. yeah, yeah. Bricking so much, I could build an outhouse for your bullshit. <laughs> an outhouse for my bullshit. Okay, that. You so know. in the English and later British colonies in North America, later in the U.S., British and Dutch versions of the gift giver merged further. So, for example, in Washington Irving's history in New York in 1809, Sinterklaas was angelicized into Santa Claus, a name first used in the U.S. press in 1773. But he lost his bishop appeal and was at first pictured as a thick-bellied Dutch sailor with a pipe in a green winter coat. Now, Irving's book was a parody of the Dutch culture of New York, and much of this portrayal is his joking in in invention. Now, his interpretation of Santa Claus was part of a broader movement to tone down the increasingly wild Christmas celebrations of the era, which included aggressive home invasions under the guise of wassailing, substantial premarital sex leading to shotgun weddings in areas where the Puritans, waning in power and firmly opposed to Christmas, still had, had some influence, and public displays of sexual deviancy. So the celebrations of the era were derived by both upper-class merchants and Christian purists. Oh, there you go. No, you know, so I don't know how you, yeah, so you get, oh, geez, I mean, seriously, like, so, I mean, I don't even know what to think about that. It's like, it's pretty quiet, uh, pretty fucking wild, isn't it? Yeah, it is, exactly. Um, Didn't even realize that. Now, as the years passed, Santa Claus evolved into a large, heavyset person. One of the first artists to define Santa Claus's modern image was Thomas Nast, an American cartoonist of the 19th century who immortalized Santa Claus with an illustration for the 3rd of January, 1863 issue of Harper's Weekly, in which Santa was dressed in an American flag and had a puppet with the name Jeff written on it, reflecting... It's Civil War context. In this drawing, Santa is also a sleigh pulled by reindeers. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, you know, like some of the Coca-Cola ads. You know, mm-hmm. also featured Santa Claus for a long time. Um, Big time. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, you know, where did this tradition come from? You know, there's some things we associate with the whole Santa story, and uh, yeah, here's some of those things. Yeah, um, like chimneys. Let's here's a here's a great example of, of that. Uh, so the, the the tradition of Santa Claus is being said to have entered dwellings through the chimneys shared by many European seasonal gift givers. And so in pre-Christian Norse tradition, Odin, here he is again, would often enter through chimneys and fire holes on the solstice. In the Italian uh, Bifana tradition, the gift giving, which is perpetually covered with soot from her trips down the chimneys of children's homes. And in the tale of St. Nicholas, the saint tossed coins through a window and in later version of the tale down a chimney when he finds the window locked. In Dutch artist John Steen's uh, painting, the, 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 the Feast of St. Nicholas, adults and toddlers are glancing up a chimney with amazement on their faces while other children play with their toys. The hearth was held sacred in primitive belief as a source of beneficiary. Uh, and popular belief had elves and fairies bring gifts to the house through this portal. Santa's entrance into homes on Christmas Eve via the chimney was made part of the American tradition through the poem A Visit from St. Nicholas, where the author described himself as an elf. Okay, so I have to tell a quick little personal story. My mother told me this story, and I believe it to be true because I'm sure it's something I would have done. Apparently, I wrote a letter to Santa when I was a young girl. And apparently, in this letter, I stated that you'll need to come in the front door because we ain't got no chimney. Yeah. 
Well, I, I had that. Uh, I, had I don't know how old I was when I supposedly wrote this letter, but I can see me saying something like that because yeah. we lived in apartments. I, I, I was a very okay, poor so, child. Okay, so so you mentioned that, and I actually because because I remember um, there there you know because because that whole chimney thing, right? And, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm looking at the ch- okay, all right. So in the house I lived in when I was six years old, okay. Um, we had a, we actually had a chimney. It was it was a it was a you know it was a it was one of these um, iron you know small iron stoves with it with a mm-hmm. you know with a chimney about this big. And right. I'm, I'm thinking, how's Santa getting through that? <laughs> he's magical. Yeah, he's magical, right? Uh, so you know, there's and, and or I don't have a house with a chimney because I mean I because I moved right. around a lot during Christmas, right? And so I don't know. Yeah, it's hard because I mean, let's just face it. There's a lot of kids that live in apartments and things like that that don't actually have a chimney. Yeah, exactly. So you wonder how that works, but uh, um, we get, we don't got a chimney here. That's for sure. Um, well, no, so, that fat fucker comes around. We're gonna have issues. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, in the United States and Canada, children traditionally leave a glass of milk and a plate of cookies intended for Santa to consume, and uh, and and I can't tell you like so with my with with my children almost every year. Um, I think I, I think even I think even last year we did it. I mean, because now keep in mind that last year my children were you know seventeen and twenty one, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you know we're well past the you know the, the point where the children you know uh, mm-hmm. you know are necessarily believers in in in, in, in Santa Claus or Santa Claus or whatever. But um, but yeah, we still did it. I mean, it was just it was just kind of so you left milk and cookies. Yeah, or maybe, maybe I've let, in some cases we left them out on the porch or whatever. In some case, in some you know we left. Them so in other words, you're fat ex was consuming this no wonder she's 450 fucking pounds well i okay i certainly would take a bite out of a couple of the cookies i mean it's not it's not to say that i wouldn't participate in this but yeah she probably i don't know what she did with the cookies i don't know don't care it's not my problem anymore right never was my problem but uh that's right yeah, yeah so um but um yeah so in now what's um so in Britain and Australia, I think I like this. I think I like this better. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, in Britain and Australia, share your beer and mince pies are left instead. Oh, uh, oh, that sounds good. I'll, I'll take the beer. Hell yeah! Yeah, in Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, I've, I've been to I've been to Denmark, um, and you can get to Sweden from Denmark through the train. It's actually pretty. Uh, That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's actually because yeah, when you come into Copenhagen, you can take the train. You can actually take the train to Copenhagen. I think it's pretty. Uh, it's, it's about an hour, I think, um, and. Uh, uh, it's common for children to leave him rice porridge with sugar and cinnamon instead. In Ireland, it's popular. I can get behind that. Yeah, now in Ireland, it's popular to leave Guinness or milk along with. Hell Christmas yeah! Pudding. How about add both? Put yeah. some Guinness and milk together. Have yeah. a stout. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what that that's what that shit is. Um, so um, now in Hungary, Saint Nicholas or or, or Nicholas uh, comes on the night of fifth of December. The children get their gifts the next morning. They get sweets in a bag if they were good, and, and a golden colored birch switch if not. Right, that's uh, the whole Krampus uh, thing. Yeah, on Christmas Eve, little Jesus comes and gives gifts for everyone. In Slovenia, uh, St. Nicholas, uh, Miklavs, um, I'm sure I've said that wrong, uh, also brings small gifts for good children on the eve of 6th of December. Now, uh, Bozicek, which is a Christmas man, brings gifts on the eve of 25th December, and, and Dedek Mraz, uh, Grandfather Frost, brings gifts on the evening of 31st December to be opened on New Year's Day. Well, that's neat. Yeah. Uh, New Zealander, British, and Australian, Irish, Canadian, and American children also leave a carrot for Santa's reindeer, right? definitely did that and i definitely ate some of those carrots and are told if they are not good all year round that they will receive a lump of coal in their stocking now it's funny i actually um i i didn't receive a lump of coal in my stocking but i did receive i think i've received apples once. oh good 
<laughs> yeah, I might need a new mic for Christmas. <laughs> I just dis like yeah, yeah like uh huh. Yeah. Okay, so we got we got to fix this. We 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 have a podcaster down over here. Yeah, Apparently, my mic stand decided it didn't want to stay on the table anymore, and I went to move it, and uh, yeah, it went yeah, but, okay, it went boom. Yeah, it went boom. All right, see if you can go down. Okay, so you need to. Uh, can you? Yeah, I think I went the wrong direction. So oh, we got to Yeah, sorry, y'all. We're trying technical to technical difficulties in yeah, the studio. Yeah, technical. Yeah, we have, we have these uh, clamps on the on the mics, and uh, yeah, the the clamps fall off these. We have we have tables that are that we falling. need better tables. Is what the hell it is. So you know you you all could donate so we can get better tables. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. We'll certainly. Take, we'll get this shit sorted out. Yeah. I know. One of these days. All right. So now. Okay. So now we need to do the. Right. Where'd the wood go? Yeah. I, I put the wood on it. Don't worry about it. Just, just, well, okay. So. No. The wood is not on the bottom phone. Okay, Boy, don't, don't fucking lie to me. Yeah, I can see on. things. You don't have wood on. Okay. So. Yeah. You don't have wood either. Okay. goddammit. it. Okay. Can after party. Read, after party. Read this, read this I'm just while, kidding. While okay. So you know the New Zealander, the British, and the Australian, Irish, Canadian, and American children. Uh, yeah, you already read that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, you go. So, okay, although the actual practice of giving coal is considered archaic, children follow the Dutch culture or the custom for Sinterklaas where they put out their shoe and they leave hay and a carrot for his horse in a shoe before going to bed and sometimes week before the Sinterklaas Avant. Now, the next morning, they'll find the hay and the carrot replaced by a gift, often. And this is a marzipan figure, and naughty children were once told that they'd be left a row or a bundle of sticks instead of sweets. But this practice has been discontinued. Again, the whole bundle of sticks being indicative of the Krampus root. Okay, what, now, what, of course, I'm hearing bundle of sticks, and I remember that that's what the word fag means, a bundle of sticks. Well, see, now, I got... I was under the impression, or I've always known, that a fag was a cigarette. Well, there's that too. I'm saying there's lots of... In Britain, a fag is a cigarette. Yeah, so... But how we got onto fags, I don't know. It has nothing to do with Christmas. Although, there was a... um, Christmas, there was a there drag was a, there queen was a, there was, Christmas show that's on right. the 22nd at Tennessee Theater this year. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, in seri- so let's see. Yeah, we get the... Now, mind you, that's not to insult any of our LGBTQIA yeah, the, yeah, members. The answer, yeah, the answer is both, as, as Andrea has told us. Well, there uh, you go. Uh, so, um, yeah, because honestly, you know, that's what gets me is that... You know, that particular term, we were actually just talking about it today because we were listening to Dire Straits and the uh, song Money for Nothing, which has the lyric, that little faggot in it. Yeah, little faggot, yeah. And honestly, like, I I don't know how other people of the LGBTQIA, et cetera, et cetera, Yeah, yeah, the the alphabet people. Yeah, the alphabet as they've been known, which, (laughs) I don't know, nothing offends me, so fuck it. I'm not going to get all, you know, up my ass about it, but as a member of that community, considering the fact that I identify as pansexual, you know, I don't let words offend me. I met this great guy, you may have heard of him, his name's Rev Cybertrucker, who told me that words are just words. The only way words have power is if you let them have power so if you're offended by the word fag then you're letting that word have power it's just a word it means jack and shit did that word cut you did that word pierce your skin in some way it's a word it's letters let it go 
Yeah, I, and yeah, I, I I was trying to find the clip. Uh, there's a there's a uh, I can't I can't even find. I'm trying to find it. There's a um, I, I, there I can't find I, I can't find it. Ah, this is annoying. Yeah, but there's but the whole go fuck yourself clip, which was I was trying to play. Right. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't. Find I mean, it. just you know, just just a little personal you know thing to say. Look, you know, obviously, if you're listening to the show, it means you're probably a no agenda producer, and you don't get butt hurt over simple shit you're not a participation trophy fuckhead but you know those who aren't no agenda producers who might be listening to this guys get over your fucking selves there are bigger things in the world to get pissed about than simply words yeah exactly because you know i mean words do matter but uh, uh but uh yeah some words are just, yeah they're just designed to be divisive and whatever um um yeah, I think, uh, you know, and, and of course, uh, yeah, I mean, I've done this myself, and I think we've both done this. We've we've pretended to play the role of Santa by uh, leaving gifts for our children from Santa Claus, right? Of course. For the longest time, I my father started to, a tradition of buying Hess trucks for my children, and I continued the tradition. And they would always be tagged from Santa. Yeah. And, I mean, my kids were old enough to know at some point that, you know, Grandpa or mom and dad, you know, whoever was Santa. Now, don't get me wrong. Okay. I do believe in Santa Claus to some degree, but not on the same level as a kid does. Yeah. It's a, it's a different, it's a, it's a concept. It's probably more of a concept than an actual person, right? Um, you know, that's the way I look at it. Uh, um, now, what's interesting, I had, to, I had we had to look this up. So writing letters to Santa, right? I mean, I went to the, I remember when I was going, because I've had to go to the post office here in uh, in town a few times. Uh, and yeah, they have, uh, they've always had, a, they they, uh, they had a letters to Santa uh, place to deposit those letters. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's been a tradition for many years, and these letters normally contain a wish list of toys and assertions of good behavior. Now, some social scientists have found that boys and girls write different types of letters. Girls write longer but more polite lists and express the nature of Christmas more in their letters than in letters written by boys. Now, girls are often also often more request as gifts for other people, right, as opposed to gifts for themselves. Um, now, many postal services around the world allow children to send letters, letters to Santa Claus. I mean, why not? Um, the letters may be answered by postal workers or outside volunteers. Writing letters to Santa Claus has the educational benefits of promoting literacy, uh, computer literacy, and email literacy. A letter to Santa is often a child's first experience with correspondence. In a written and sent with the help of a parent or teacher, children learn about the structure of a letter, salutations, and the use of an address and postcode, all, all important stuff. See, that- I think it's important. If you've, got, if you've got little kids out there, don't do the email thing. Like, literally take a piece of paper and a pencil and help your child write a letter to Santa and then go and put it in that physical mailbox because that is so important to them. We've become so technologically advanced that we have forgotten about the simplicities of life. And I just think an email is so impersonal as opposed to someone taking the time to sit down and actually put pen to paper, essentially. Yeah. So, um, now, Chris, where does this tradition come from, right? It's been, we, you know, I've certainly, certainly, I've, um, I've done this myself. I actually got a phone call once from the, from somebody claiming to be Santa Claus. I was probably about eight years old when it happened. Wow. And I, and I actually, and I actually knew it was a friend of my, and I suspected that it was a friend of my dad's. It probably was. Yeah. But that's so sweet that like 
They took the time to do that. I've done that Uh, with my kids. Like, I've had a friend call that they don't know the voice of. Well, except 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 a friend I did know the voice of, and so that's, but, but. Yeah, you know, there is that, but I I have picked a friend to say, hey, like, remind my kids not to fuck up for Christmas. Exactly. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, where does this tradition come from, though? I mean, I think it's, I think this is a, um, you know, this, this is the thing, right? Um, so, it, it, according to the Smithsonian, it was originally St. Nick who would leave letters for children in their stockings versus, versus the other way around. These were instructional notes telling the kids how they had misbehaved over the year and what they could do to improve. Parents used this as an opportunity to write messages to their kids, and they would often leave them in the fireplace mantle. Eventually, children started to respond to the letters, and thus writing to Santa during Christmas time became, well, tradition. Um, yeah, that whole, by the way, the whole tracking to Santa thing, right? Um, um, my friend literally, like her kids are grown. She still does this Santa tracking thing with NORAD. Yeah. Um, and it really came from, um, it began in the United States in the fifties when a Sears Roebuck store in Colorado Springs gave a number to call a Santa hotline. The number was mistyped, resulting in the children calling the Continental Air Defense Commander, Conan, on the elephants of Christmas Eve instead. The director of operations, Colonel Harry Shoup, received the first call for Santa and responded by claiming to children that they were signs on the radar that Santa was indeed heading south from the North Pole. A tradition began in which continued under the name NORAD, uh, tracking Santa when in 1958, Canada and the United States jointly created the North American uh, Air Defense Commander, NORAD, which is the name it goes by today. And this tracking, quote unquote, can now be done via the internet on NORAD's website. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of other places that do the tracking of Santa, too. There's lots of, I I'm, won't I'm, necessarily need to get into it, all the different places, but there's lots of ways that track Santa. But it but it, come, but it was basically, you know, much like we do in, in our lives these days, right? We lean, so it was a mistake. And what did they do? They fuck, you know, and now it wasn't a mistake that NORAD made on its own, or CONAD, right? Right. Um, but, um, but what do they do? They leaned into the mistake. Of course and now, they did. And now you've got tracking Santa. It's kind of a cool thing, right? Um, and this is, uh, you know, a thing. And of course, uh, now, uh, you know, we get to the point, of course, you know, y- y'all know that we're not huge fans of, well, I should say we're, we're, we're fans of Christmas on our own terms. Right. Which means, which, which involves, uh, you know, it's basically just the two of us, right. As opposed to all the other things, but, uh, it, right. but in terms of Santa Claus and itself, you know, not everyone likes Santa Claus. Right. So, um, and, you know, I'll say that living in the South, right, I've definitely had my share of, uh, um, you know, there, I, I've, I haven't seen anybody like criticize Santa Claus necessarily, but it doesn't, but there's a lot more religious folks out here. And so, um, and uh, you know, although it's funny because Santa Claus has at least some Christian roots in, in St. Nicholas, particularly in the high church denominations that practice the veneration of him, in addition to some of the other saints. Now, and uh, his, you know, his the character of Santa Claus has sometimes been the focus of controversy over the holiday. You know what it means and that kind of thing. A number of denominations of Christians have varying concerns about Santa Claus, which range from the acceptance to denouncement, depending on who you talk to. It kind of reminds me of Halloween. Yeah. A lot of religions hate Halloween; yeah. they find it to be pagan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some Christians, particularly Calvinists such as the Puritans, dislike the idea of Santa Claus as well as Christmas in general, believing that the lavish celebrations were not in accordance with their faith. And I can see which that. is ironic because. Because if any Catholics out there have ever gone to any degree of services, the adornments are so lavish. Like, if anyone knows anything about religion, wearing purple is strictly forbidden. And yet, I've seen so much purple in the Catholic Church, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
I'm just uh, saying, not trying uh, to shit on anyone. Uh, okay, so I okay, so I went to a Jesuit university, in Santa Clara, for those who for those who want to know. And what ha- and what had happened in the in in that time? Um, you know, I uh, yeah, I mean, I the, the most the most offended I've ever been as a person was going to a Catholic service in in, in Santa Clara um, because of all the pomp and circumstance and the bullshit, right? So, oh, um, there is a lot, believe yeah, me, yeah. as a lapsed. And I, and I had to, and in order to, you know, this was, this was for classes why I went. I didn't go because I wanted to. I certainly didn't want to go there. Um, so, um, I think it's disgusting. They force someone to go to a religious ceremony who is not of faith. Yeah. That's wrong as fuck. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so some Christians, yeah, I think I said this, so other conformist Christians condemn the materialist focus of contemporary gift giving. And see, Santa Claus is a symbol of that culture. And I, I, I tend to agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, condemnation of Christmas was prevalent among the 17th century English Puritans and Dutch Calvinists who banned the holidays, either pagan or Roman Catholic, right? Uh, the American colonies established by these groups reflect this view. Um, um, Tolerance for, for Christmas increased after the Restoration, but the Puritan opposition to the holiday persisted in New England for almost two centuries. In the Dutch New Netherland colony, season celebrations focused on New Year's Day. Uh, you know, then, of course, you know, this. OK, so this is really interesting. Uh, you know, given <coughs> I don't know, given the political shift of certain people in this co- in, in this country. Right. Um, so under the Marxist Leninist doc- doctrine of state uh, atheism in the Soviet Union after its foundation in 1917, Christmas celebrations, along with other religious holidays, were prohibited as a result of the Soviet anti-religious campaign. Uh, the League of Militant Atheists encouraged school pupils to campaign against Christmas traditions, among them being Santa Claus and the Christmas tree, as well as other Christian holidays, including Easter. The League established an anti-religious holiday to be the 31st of each, each month as a replacement. Yeah, let the state control what you believe. Yeah, of so, course. That sounds about right. Brilliant. Yeah. In uh, in December 2018, the city management office of Langfag in Hebei uh, pr- province released a statement stating that people caught selling Christmas trees, wreaths, stockings, or Santa Claus figures in the city would be punished. That's going a little far, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I think here's a good reason to, to criticize uh, Santa Claus. Uh, the, the original St. Nicholas gave only to those who were needy. Today, Santa Claus seems more about conspicuous consumption, which I tend to agree. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. I mean, way in pedal heads, but seriously, Christmas has literally become, what'd you buy me? How much did you spend? Gimme, gimme, gimme. And that's atrocious. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not getting on the bandwagon of, oh, Jesus is the reason for the season. No, I'm not getting on that. But Jesus fucking Christ, could we please be thankful for what we have, whether it be a meal on the table or a gift under the tree. If you choose to put one up, just be thankful for what you have, because there's a lot of people out there who don't. That's right. I've got my my little tiny tree, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, anyone who has seen the post of the Christmas tree by the fire, it's great. Yeah, exactly. We'll, We'll make sure we post it in the chat if you haven't seen it it's yeah. worth it yeah exactly um so could criticizing the commercialism uh around christmas is nothing new and in fact uh, in his book uh, nicholas the epic journey from saint to to santa claus writer jeremy seal describes how the commercialization of of the Santa Claus figure began in the 19th century, early 19th century. In the 1820s, he began to acquire the recognizable trappings, reindeer, sleigh, bells, says Seal in an interview. They are simply the actual bearings in the world 
from which he emerged. And at that time, sleighs were how you got around Manhattan because yeah, there weren't no there weren't no cars back then. Yeah, uh, especially with all the snow they got. Yeah. yeah. Um, interestingly, there's a law in Ohio that prohibits the usage of Santa Claus or his image to sell alcoholic beverages. Why? Uh, okay, wait a minute. I've never seen in Ohio or otherwise. Any liquor companies going, hey, pour one out for old St. Nick. I've never seen a liquor commercial or a beer commercial with St. Nick. So apparently Bud Light attempted to use his mascot, Spuds McKenzie, in a Santa Claus outfit during uh, a December 1987 ad campaign. And Bud Light was forced to stop using it because... The only Christmas thing that I've really seen, and this has nothing to do with Santa Claus, that Bud Light has done is they used Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Christmas Eve Sarajevo in one of their commercials with a house that had the lights blinking to that particular song, which we will play in Studio 33 tonight. As a matter of fact, it's going to be the opening song we play because it'll be for my son Phoenix Jr., but that's as close as I've seen the liquor or beer community come to using, uh, you know, holiday advertising. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, and of course, the other reason to criticize, um, the, um, you know, Santa Claus, anyway, is uh, deceiving children. Now, there's Psychologists generally differentiate between telling fictional stories that feature Santa Claus and actively deceiving the child into believing that Santa Claus is real. Now, imaginative play in which children know that Santa Claus is only a character in a story but pretend that he's real, just like they pretend that superheroes or other fictional characters are real, it's a valuable skill. Actively deceiving a child into believing in Santa Claus's real-world existence, sometimes even to the extent of fabricating false evidence, to convince them, despite their growing natural doubts, does not resist Result in imaginative play and can promote credulity in the face of strong evidence against Santa Claus's existence. Children will eventually know that their parents deceived them, and various psychologists and researchers have wrestled with the ways that young children are convinced of the existence of Santa Claus and have wondered whether children's abilities to critically weigh real-world evidence may be undermined by their belief in this or other imaginary figures. Now, meanwhile, others see little harm in believing in Santa Claus. Um, so, um, now, most I say believe in what you want to believe in the hell with whatever government or higher agency gives you a hard time yeah. about it. Yeah, most children do not remain angry or embarrassed about the deception for very long. Now, John Codry of Cornell University interviewed more than 500 children for a study of the issue and found that not a single child was angry at their parents for telling them Santa Claus was real. Uh, according to Dr. Condry, uh, the most common response to finding out the truth was that they felt older and more mature. They now knew something that the younger kids did not. In other studies, a small fraction of children felt betrayed by their parents, but disappointment was a more common response. Some children have reacted strongly, including rejecting the family's religious beliefs on the grounds that if the parents lied about the unprovable existence of Santa Claus, then they might lie about the existence of God as well. That's a really interesting concept. And I can actually tell you, the first time that I realized that Santa may not be real was simply my parents had forgotten to put my, you know, the contents of my stocking in it. And I got up on Christmas morning. I guess my mom and dad had been really tired the night before or whatever. And I got up and yeah, my stocking was empty. And I, I was sad. Like I, I went and woke my mom up and I was like, did I do something wrong? Santa didn't come. She's like, what do you mean? I said, I don't have anything in my stocking, mom. Like Santa didn't come. And bless her heart, I was like eight years old, I think. And she was like, well, go back to bed and and maybe he'll come. And I'm like, okay. So I went back to bed and like they went and put all the shit in my stocking or whatever. And they hung my stocking 
Now, we lived in an apartment, so we didn't have like a fireplace or anything ritzy titsy like that. So she, I think my stocking had been hung on the door of the refrigerator. And I don't know, ultimately the stocking got filled and that was the time that I realized that, yeah, Santa might be mom and dad. Yeah, well, you know, who knows how all of this, uh, all of this works. You know, I mean, again, I think... uh, I'm trying to remember how I learned that Santa Claus wasn't real. I'm trying to remember that. I don't. I don't. Um, but uh, I mean, know. don't get me wrong. I still believe in in Santa on a different level. <laughs> I mean, if any kids are listening, yeah, Santa's a real dude. And yeah, he's gonna come tonight, and he's gonna bring you a whole bunch of stuff, and it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, there you go. Well, um, I'm curious to see what uh, what. You, you've been telling me, hey, uh, there's some gifts coming. Oh, I can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so I think you need to tell the pedal heads before we wrap this up what you got. Because in my family, it's always been a tradition to open a gift on Christmas Eve. And Phone Boy and I kind of aren't really doing the whole wrap shit up thing. We're just like, here's the fucking box it came in. I love you. So why don't you tell the pedal heads what you got for your Christmas Eve gift uh, before we started the show today? Yeah, I got a, a copy of uh, Dire Straits Brothers in Arms, or Brothers in Arms on um, on vinyl because you know our love for vinyl. That's right. And uh, yeah, um, hmm. yeah. Was- there seems to also be an anniversary gift exchange that occurred earlier this week because as we stated earlier the 21st of december is kind of sort of the day that we realized that yeah we were kind of crazy about each other and uh, in a behind the mic conversation that had occurred between the two of us Mm -hmm. it was acknowledged that this little shit show we had started had actually sparked something more than just two people enjoying to have a phone conversation and spurred into something yeah so yeah um yeah, I got I got a pair of AirPods, which is um, I'm uh, I was a little I was taken aback by honestly, um, and uh, I'm I'm very happy with them, uh, and uh, I got you something too. You did. I have consistently been telling Phone Boy that because I am becoming a diehard 49ers fan, red and gold till I'm dead and cold. And, yeah, I still like my Dolphins. Don't get me twisted. But I'm really invested in the Niners. Their defense is fucking second to none at this point. And I've been following them since Katie Sowers was on staff. So, irrelevant to the fact, I told him I wanted George Kittle in my stocking. As a joke. You know, laughing. Ha, ha, ha. You know, Kittle up the middle for the best receptions I've ever fucking seen. But anyway, this man is amazing pedalheads he bought me a funko pop that is george kittle and it now lives in my office and that is where it will live and bless his heart he was going to get me a kittle jersey for christmas but fuck you amazon it wasn't amazon i ordered it from the nfl shop but oh well fuck you nfl shop i didn't get my jersey they canceled his uh order but that's okay because you know what y'all I'm going to get one at some point, and it's going to be a game day jersey, and it's going to cost a lot of money, and I'm going to buy it, because I don't think Phone Boy should have to fund my addiction to George Kittle at this yeah, point. Uh, I, yeah, my Fred Warner jersey came in, though, which it is- It didn't. He looks really good in it, y'all. Yeah, and the only reason I'm wearing it instead of nothing, because, it, yeah, it's fucking cold here, y'all. I'm sure you've heard. It is really uh, cold. Yeah, so, um, but, um, yeah, and then, um, yeah, so I think that was, that, was, that was our gifts, and so we'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm telling y'all, there's going to be tears when he sees what he got 
for Christmas this year yeah. because I got him lots of good stuff. So I can assure you that when we do our show tomorrow after No Agenda, he's going to have many wonderful stories to tell you, Pedalheads. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and meanwhile, tomorrow, yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, I'm still not, so we we had one plan for the show, and it seems it seems to have morphed, as it usually does. Um but uh, yeah, tomorrow's show we're gonna we're gonna be live after No Agenda tomorrow. So uh, so because uh, I assume you're all listening to No Agenda tomorrow, but we will we will be the uh, the we, you know, there will be four live shows on the No Agenda stream after uh, um, on Christmas. Uh, we got because because uh, I know our our friends are doing the two hour folk hour, and then you got Darren O doing the rock and roll pre show, and then you That's got No right. Agenda, and then you got us. You know, we'll we be, us crazy kids. Yeah, we'll be the we'll be the uh, the nightcap for the, for Christmas. Uh, we're, we don't um, you know. So uh, yeah, we uh, we've got. It's a pretty. Uh, we got. We got. But yeah, we got. We so we're gonna. Uh, I think we're. I think. Are we done with this? I think. I'm, I'm you know. I think so we've pretty much exhausted it. it. Yeah, I think we've exhausted this. And uh, yeah, there's a way that we end this, and I would. It ends something like this. Jordan fades back. Swoosh, and that's the game. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go.